Our story begins with war. A clashing of gods so destructive that nearly two-thirds of the population would not survive. They call this time the Calamity. In an effort to escape the decimation of the surface world, five families took refuge in an isolated area of the Underdark, drawn in by the innate well of magical power. Only to find that they were not the only ones drawn to the magic, and the denizens of the Dark would not let it go so easily. War waged both above and below. Until a device was crafted, an accumulation of five crafts bound as one to push back the evils of the darkness from whence they came. Now, centuries have passed, and a city has been forged in total isolation from the world above, and as such, the nameless city has known peace. However, nothing good ever truly lasts, and the darkness has always promised to come back. Now, faced with a resurgence of evils long since put at bay, three champions must rise, tasked with gathering an army strong enough to push back the darkness once and for all. These unsuspecting heroes must brave the world of the surface and the unknown dangers that lie in wait in order to save their city, their people, and any hope for the future that remains. Jazara Telena, a half-drow gloomstalker ranger, tasked with the protection of her companions and burdened with a dangerous curiosity for the unknown world above. She hunts the darkness with arrows more precise than the morals that dictate her aim. Ashakel, a dampier twilight cleric who walks the fine line between knowledge both sacred and forbidden. Under the caring eye of the Moonweaver and the otherworldly gaze of haunting red glow of the moon Brutus, she toes the line of darkness and light to bring forth the magic of twilight. Valkaria Nykor, a tiefling shadow sorceress, coalesced from arcane shadows and carved from the frozen flames of the deepest pits of the Nine Hells. Youth and duty clash within as the world before her unfolds. Hey y'all! Hey y'all! It's Misty. It's Ani. And Aaron. Starting to wonder if Ani was here. <laughs> I think was there was a, a delay. Oh, there was a significant delay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, because you kind like your feed is kind of coming through. Like it'll it'll be like there's a like it'll stop and then the sound will catch up. And so oh. I think she probably went got caught in the lag. Yeah, and I'm just like. I'm here. I don't know if anybody's here. Okay. I'm, I'm hosting an episode. And I can't by be myself. here until she's here because. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I have to be here when she's here. So. Yeah. And I'm just no, kind of like. Here, I swear. Bye. It's like, all right. You know, I know I'm vibing on a lot of caffeine. I didn't think I was vibing enough to hallucinate the two of you. I should so. have another one. Because I have different sizes. There's a thing. Where her. Smaller of the two D twenty she has oh. is still bigger than mine. I know I have, but I also got the tiny one and I got the huge one. That must be the set you got because I have oh, yeah I have three extra D fours D sixes D sixes sorry and then the coin flippy one yeah huh. so, and an extra 
I mean, I don't know. But like, look at the size. Of <laughs> yes. Yes. She has truly massive dice. Ani was prepared for both like rolling weapon damage and just having a weapon. So just like, hey, Ani, what's your weapon damage? Hang on. Let me find out. Bam! I know. Oh. Like, well, the thing is, I'm going to be the tester of the weapon damage, whether I want to or not. Now, do you mean that in the you're going to get hit or you're going to do the throwing? I'm going to get hit. Mm, most likely on accident. So. Yeah, well, still going to hurt. Um, you remember that video I sent you of like, of the one of the girl singing Sweet Caroline and then the other one kind of comes in to sing, but the girl spills her drink on her? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's us. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. There's one that's me and Misty, and then there's Ani. Hi. <laughs> Sweet Caroline. Bum, bum, bum. And truly, let me tell you, if I was the second girl who got the drink spilled over like her, we'd be going home with one less person alive. <laughs> I wouldn't stop you. Uh, that, that, yeah. And if you're the one on the inside of the booth, too, fuck girl <laughs> somebody's dying and getting left in the booth behind so and then the person that comes to clean up the table ma'am ma'am you okay ma'am ma'am no misty wouldn't leave a job half done like that's that that's true and to be fair i wouldn't leave a body either so that's even truer <laughs> she might make you suffer oh before not you die. might she would I'd show up in the middle of the night at your house just like a month later when you're not expecting it and just bye. Wee, wee, wee. I'm just now reading her what she titled her own name. Oh yeah. Today. Lord of Chaos, Bringer of Bringer Death. of Death on Flaming Wings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't recall inviting <laughs> boots. <laughs> this session do you no but i think we're gonna get boots regardless boots to is running fair, this campaign today i was i was doing some dancing earlier while i was waiting for you guys and i just i really felt boots in that moment <laughs> just like this is something you should have seen her she was going <laughs> was there music that was no. the music uh, uh, just me vibing on a lot of caffeine and just like and i was just thinking the whole and time vibes, like, this, caffeine and vibes this is something boots has done more than once yeah. that was just my thought and i'm like yeah no this mm. is boots so um hopefully jazara oh. will remake an appearance at some point and we can leave uh, boots as chaos locked in a box that resides in my brain that i i feel like boots is gonna be running this campaign today <laughs> <laughs> I should drink more. We're margin. gonna find it. Yeah, I'm only halfway through it, so <laughs> we're gonna find. I feel like I'm mellowing, but we're gonna see. So the I second don't know. wind is gonna catch on to yeah. us. Woo! Hey, that there was just there was a laugh like. that was a little too. <laughs> yeah. yeah that sounds about right so whether and to be fair that might just be me in general it's like this is always here it's just normally locked behind the screen in a box in my brain and it's escaped so usually this girl likes to read not today uh -huh. 
No, no, no. Not today. Today the chaos reigns. All right. We will do a recap and uh, go from there. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay. Last time, our party had a bit of an adventure. They had just wrapped up their exploration of Saul's Fault and had found the cure for the frozen woe illness and were on their way trying to get back to the Rimaraz ship in order to make their way back to Pale Bank, hopefully in time to save uh, Fenton and Irving and their two little daughters before they succumb to the frozen woe. On your way back to the ship, you were waylaid by what sounded like a fight of some sort, uh, which time you decided to investigate and you discovered a group of drow were engaged in a battle with some ice goblins or ice imps. I can't remember which ones they were. They were icy and weird. And during the fight in order to uh, help out these drow that weren't exactly faring as well as they could be, as one of them was down and the other two were injured, uh, you also noticed that they were trying to protect a a little family of griffins. A little baby griffin and a little griffin parents and uh, who were all caught in like nets and were trying to be like uh, taken by the goblins for whatever purposes. purposes. Possibly, you know, you don't, the goblins were weird. You don't know what they were doing. But in the process you guys, of the fight, you guys experienced some very interesting and strange magical experiences, particularly some wild magic. In that you were teleported with lightning you were um so many so many things you summoned giant bees i believe and also um valkaria got engaged she got engaged very briefly to a hideous fucking null who declared her his one true love and that uh, he loved her above all else and that he was going to come back and marry her and that this fight that they had won um was truly a sign of that their love was meant to be um Mm. not to mention the fact that his first round of combat was against uh, orvo um (laughs) he did try to engage in combat and murder um before you told him otherwise um and at which point, after uh, fighting quite valiantly beside you in combat, uh, his mother appeared and called Valkaria a bald monkey who was not good enough for her son, and then both of them disappeared into the ether. Uh, at which time yeah. you then, yeah, it was it was an interesting time for Valkaria. That's, that's for sure. Um, she might have relationship PTSD after that one. <laughs> possibly, just quite possibly. Um, in the process, after you wrapped up the battle, defeated the weird goblins and their strange spellcaster, uh, you met some drow, which is the first you had seen on the surface. You hadn't uh, seen anybody who looked like they'd been from the Underdark uh, until this moment. And the, the reception was a little mixed, you know, curiosity all around, but wariness for sure on all sides. Oh, yeah. um, you discovered that while they do speak under common, and there's a slightly different version of under common, so there's communication as possible, if not a little stilted. In the process, you guys were introduced to this scouting party who you learned was out there checking on the griffins who do belong to um the drow fort that is mysteriously somewhere on this island though you're not really sure 
where exactly, but when you learn from them that when um, their griffins go to have uh, their children and raise their very young offspring, they let them go out to the wilds and make their own families and everything so that they can raise and properly and gain all of the skills that the griffins need. And eventually the griffins in their loyalty do come back. So you met um, Al Sandor, who was a uh, seemed to be the leader of this group. She was a very stern, slightly unpleasant drow woman um, who had just the biggest, heaviest crossbow you've ever seen in your life. And at one point she did use it like baseball bat style uh, when she ran out of uh, bolts for it. Um, She is intrigued. (sighs) but extremely wary of you guys. You also met Calm Emeros, who was unfortunately unconscious when you arrived on the scene after having been attacked by the goblins, um, who is now quite grateful for your rescue. And you also met Thyssen Thylysses, who seems to be a very young uh, scout who's pretty new to being in the, in the military, but um, is extremely like interested in who you are and where you're from and grateful for you saving uh, his friend. And as a part of that, they calm and uh, I listen, did manage to convince Alcindor that, you know, if, if anybody's going to be able to help you guys in your search, it's not them, but it would be a good idea to take you back to Vermont. So you all loaded up on some griffins. Um, a, a little warily and a little excitedly, depending on who you are. Valkyrie was definitely on the excited end, and Jazara was not. <laughs> so you took to the skies, you sailed over the mountains of uh, the island, and you, much to your surprise, as you came up over the horizon, saw three gigantic floating ships with what looked like many cities on top or at least very big towns. And these ships are bigger than truly anything you have ever seen in your life. And they just pale in comparison. Like the any regular boat you've seen just pales in comparison to these ships. Like we're talking like if you took like um, an aircraft carrier and maybe doubled it in length. So they are extremely huge they are they're at least in some places because the boats on top themselves are flat but you see structures that are built on top of them that look like houses and buildings and they're complete with like roofs and you see lights and like fires burning in some of them there's a genuine town built on these massive ships and from the bottom of the boat to the top of the tallest tower, you're looking at sometimes 20 stories and they're massive ships. And as you guys are currently all on Griffins, I believe each of you are on a different one with uh, Jazara specifically being on Alison Nora's Griffin. Very, very unhappily about that. Um, as you've come up over these mountains and you just see what at first you thought was a a town. And then you saw the fact that they are three individual boats that are anchored next to the shore. And coming from the shore and to these boats are some smaller, like uh, little rowboats going back and forth. And uh, there's a small dock built in there as well. Mm, Well, that's, uh, 
But as you come up over this mountain and uh, you just see this huge city and you hear, um, specifically Valkaria, you hear uh, Thislin Thylysses, uh, who's the, the younger uh, guard who had been defending mm-hmm. his unconscious friend at the time when you guys arrived. So this is the uh, fort of Vermas, the mobile fort of Vermas. If anyone's going to be able to help you find what you're looking for or find some kind of assistance, our our captain can help you. Val audibly gulps. It's the biggest thing she's ever seen. She's kind of intimidated by it. But, uh... Into silence? Valid, yeah. Uh, blinks a couple times and then shakes herself and just, uh, like, alright. Cracks her neck. Let's find some people. (laughs) Well, I think we're going to find some people. And your griffins, your griffins kind of swoop down and come out around a little bit as you circle the entirety of these three ships, really just getting to look at how massive they are. As they, And you go and you circle around uh, towards the back and you do see just people like just milling about. You notice um, there are, you see trow and you see tieflings and you see uh, duragar and you see vampires and Damphir and just all kinds of creatures and people that just it's so surprising to see these people that are so similar but yet you've never on the surface because after all these years in the city yeah like you haven't seen like you know the people in the nameless city like the city is big but like you can recognize so many of them but it's strange to see so many people yeah you've Mm -hmm. never seen before especially on the scale. Like, this place is much bigger than Pale Bank. It's bigger than Selrenia. It's it's huge. It's not as big as your city is, but it is the biggest thing you've seen okay. since coming to the surface. And your griffins kind of sail around, and that you ended up coming on one of the end boats as the griffins swoop down, and they do uh, fly low enough and then slow and land on top of the deck. And so you do, You your whole group just lands at the top of the deck. You see people stop and turn. Uh, aren't super surprised, like, to see you. So you think this might be a regular thing. And you see, like, a, uh, a couple of, like, what look like just barely teenagers come up. And uh, they'll, they stand together like they're wearing what looks almost like a, um, like a little uniform. And uh, that maybe they're just now growing into. Um, but they look kind of like stable hands. And like they're here for, for the Griffins. And you can see like just a bunch of different uh, people just milling about as you go to get off your Griffins. There's the usual creaking and... Oh, yeah. Uh, not used to traveling by Griffin. <laughs> I'm not used to traveling by Griffin. Uh, so... Yeah, we kind of look around a little awkward, like, like, <laughs> all right, Captain, give me perception checks. Nineteen. Nineteen. I'm guessing Kraken means that twenty. Yeah. Yeah, that twenty. Yeah, that twenty. All right. Uh, just already gets a twenty-one. Um, so you all do very, very well as, as you land, like on the deck. It's like it's in the you're in the later part of the evening at, the, at this point, and like you can see like a bunch of lights are on and stuff like that. It, you kind of get the sense that maybe these people in in the evening you would think people would be starting to like wind down and everything like that, and like kind of like starting to go like get ready for like dinner and like then bed within a couple of hours and stuff like that. But these people very much give off a vibe of like you've come almost at an early point in their day. 
like they're, they're giving off the point that people are just getting up and like starting to like come out and you can hear like people instead of like taking things inside like you would expect like they're putting like barrels outside or like they're some of them look like they're just bundling up and walking out of places for the first time that day it gives you a very strange sense of like you are here at the very first moments of this fort's day and some people look at you guys but they don't really like linger as they look at you to them like there's nothing really all out of place you're, even if there was, you're surrounded by guards that they do recognize. The uh, two stable hands seem to come up. They talk to squad captain, uh, Alessandor, and uh, she gestures to the griffins and she tells them, These ones may be injured. You'll need to have them looked at before you do anything else, especially the young one. Make sure that his wings are not injured. They were attacked. They were all attacked by goblins. And the two kids kind of, like, start at that, and, like, it just sounds so scary to them. And they, like, start to usher, like, the griffins off, and the griffins don't even seem to mind going with them. The baby kind of, like, is sandwiched between his parents, and the griffins get taken off into what looks like one large um, building that's off to the side. And from there, you can see, like, through the open, like, windows and stuff like that, you can see, like, other griffins in there. It looks like it's some kind of large griffin stable off to the side. Um, the boat itself has a fine layer of snow, but it lo does look like it's regularly, like, brushed off of the, at least the deck, if not anything else. Um, yeah, and there's a few people milling around. Um, there's a very much sense of, like, uniformity to these people. Like, they have a purpose, they know what they're doing, um, and they're getting ready to start their day to do just that. Uh, where do well, we begin? <laughs> I don't know. Waiting for the captain's instructions. <laughs> and uh, as she sees you guys like looking around, she'll she walks up to you and she says, "Are any of you particularly injured?" <laughs> what was my damage last time? What is your damage? No, I don't. I'm at, no, I'm, I think I'm okay. I'm at fourteen. No, well, it's my hit. That's my AC. Hit points. <laughs> Sorry, I'm at twelve hit points. She might need a really good nap. Val's gonna raise her hand and be like, I need food, maybe sleep. Well, we will take you to the healer first, but then, and one of us, and she looks over at uh, uh, Thistlin, will report to the fort commander that you are here. You are not to wander off. You will be escorted to a healer first, and then the commander will either see you or decide what to do with you in the meantime. But she gestures over to Calm, the one who had been um, injured originally when you had first arrived at the fight. You will take them to go see the, our head cleric in order to get some... She looks all of you up and down. Healing and perhaps a snack. Thank you. I'd appreciate the snack. She's like, we will escort... She's like, I will escort you there as well, but then I must go make my report. And without saying anything else to you, she does turn and she starts walking off. Um, and uh, Calm, like, immediately, like, starts to follow Val's going to trot after that. Right? Yeah, but no hesitation. Just okay. keep going. And, and you guys, Valkaria, like, you start to uh, walk after her and Asha follows. And Jazara follows behind you as well, but she does kind of, she's <laughs> doing a lot of looking around in the process and, like, clocking the different things that she sees. And, like, people just seem to be 
doing, like what they're, they're doing. Stuff. You, um, yeah, Valkaria. As you're going, you do notice that a lot of these people, like here, um, are all. It's hard to catch a glimpse of exactly what it is, but they all do seem to be wearing um, very similar symbols, like either on their clothes or on like their, um, like just on cloaks and things like that and you kind of get the sense that despite the fact that this seems to be like a large community this has underlying like military feeling um so you got uh as Alcindor goes and like she leads you down like this hallway into a building a very large building at the back of the ship and she takes you guys down some stairs it goes down a couple of levels and uh, she leads you down one of the hallways. You just you see more people milling about. At this point, you're getting in closer quarters with people. And uh, as you're going down the hallway, she has taken the lead, and Calm has taken the rear to make Get sure that off. none of you guys like wander off. And at, at this point, you are like starting to notice more people staring at you because they're starting to register that these are not people we recognize. Um, and now you're in like the heart of their ship. But she takes you down a couple of levels, and. Uh, there's this large doorway at the end of one of the halls and you can see like what looks like firelight coming out of it and you can hear like a lot of sounds and things coming out of it as well and uh as you start to approach it uh she pauses near the door and she says the healer's hut is in here she should be able to take care of you and anything else that you need and then she turns to calm and she says and you will also seek treatment and he just kind of like straightens, but like he nods yeah. a little sheepishly, you know, because he's like, yeah, he's a little bit in trouble yeah. for the shit that happened. So, and uh, she turns and she like knocks on the, uh, like the door frame and she leans in. Cleric Skyron. And you see, as you look in, you see this room, this, this oddly circular room. And uh, in the very, like, back of this room is a very huge fireplace. And it seems like most of the smoke and everything is going out of large smoke, uh, like, stack. out That seems to go out the side and back of the ship. Um, but there are cots, like, laid out around. There's, like, one or two has people on it. And there's this very old, hunched-over woman um, attending to a patient on one of the beds. And she's very short. And, uh, but as she, and she's very like, she's very like stocky and short and like, you can't see her face, but when she, as she's bandaging up a, uh, what looks like a tiefling who's sitting on the bed, being an absolute <laughs> baby about what does not appear to be a, a major injury. Like she's bandaging his leg and he's going, ah, it's too tight. It's too, it's too tight. Like you have to lose it. And she just pulls a little harder. She's like, ah. And uh, then she pats his cheek just like, really hard. And she says, you'll be fine. It's a scratch. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of looks at her like, uh-huh. And you, this woman turns to you and she, uh, you finally get a look at her face. And she has a very long beard with a very ornate like braids in it and very detailed beads that hang off of it. And you see a, she is a Jurigar, which is an underdark um, dwarf. And uh, she turns, and she's got very, very pale blonde hair that's all, that's mostly just white. It's that fine line between so mm-hmm. blonde, it's just white. Um, and uh, her eyes are extremely uh, pale as well. They're all they're a similar shade of uh, 
white blonde like it's so blue like they're just starting to like is there color there and uh, she has a what looks like a staff at first and then you look down and ground at the bottom of it is a hammer and she turns and she looks at uh, Alcindor and she says it's not often you come here <laughs> willingly and uh, Alcindor does have like the presence of mind to look a, a little sheepish at that she says well, I'm not here for me. And uh, she gestures at uh, all of you. and But that she reaches over and grabs Calm specifically and kind of shoves him like into the room. <laughs> she says, you can start with him. However, we've uh, made some new friends. Ah. And she kind of walks over to you and there's the thumping the like, hammer. of her hammer as she walks. And she's probably like three and a half feet at most and she kind of like stares up at all of you and she says interesting interesting indeed well well are you injured yes ma'am ah then come 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 and she gestures you all in like she kind of shoes you the way like grandmothers mm-hmm. do and uh she gestures at you guys to kind of like take a seat at some of the cots that are uh, around and the calm very dutifully just kind of sits at the end of one of the cots, you know, just mm-hmm. taking up his own. Just, just like he, he knows the routine, basically. And uh, Jazara, like, isn't really injured, so she chooses to stand over by wherever Valkaria goes to sit. And uh, Asha, would you like to sit on a cot as well? Yeah, or? she'll perch at the end. She's, she's not injured, but she is kind of... No, she won't sit. She's very interested because this is very much what she was doing back in the Nameless City. And so she'd actually yeah. like to take a look around at things. I had a feeling Asha was going to be like following with the cleric around. Be like, what you doing? Because mm-hmm. she's already kind of in uh-huh. love. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, Asha, you can go ahead and I want you to give me two rolls. So you can start with a perception check. Okay. Uh, oh! <laughs> Natural 20. Nice. Natural 20. Natural 20. Two natural 20s already. This crack and dice right. working for us. Yeah, crack and dice is nice. Yeah. And then... So, um, your second roll is going to be a religion check oh, for me. sure. Please. Ooh. <laughs> three. <laughs> Wait, no. Three, three plus three. So six. So big six. Six. Okay. Woo. All right. Um, Maybe she's a little as tired you are... religion right now. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's a little on the sleepy side, for, to be fair. Um, but as you're staring at this woman, you you notice like her hammer has like all of these runes that are like drawn into it, and they don't particularly look like they're a language you're super familiar with. But on one face of the hammer appears to be some kind of like it design. It almost looks like a D twenty, almost. Like, if you just took, like, the, the face of a D20, um, like, if the, a pro, the profile of a D20, and as you're just kind of staring at it, it doesn't, like, you can't place it. Like, it doesn't look familiar mm-hmm. to you, but you start to notice it's a symbol that is, like, it's on a symbol that she wears, like, around her neck. It's in on her hammer. Like, you start to notice it in little, like, trinkets and things that are around the room. It's a common symbol here and it's it strikes you as a little strange that it's just so repetitive and everywhere but it looks it looks like the facet of the front of a of a d20 mm. 
but you have no idea what it means. And you're just like, okay, that's a design choice. <laughs> so it's like, that's a, that's a choice. All righty. So this woman is, is standing there and she goes and she kind of like hobbles a bit over to, um, calm. And as she does, uh, Elsendor turns and she looks at you and she says, remain here until someone returns to tell you where you are allowed to go. And Asha, who has moved over towards like a corner, you know, and is looking at stuff, just kind of goes, sure, sure. Val will respond, be like, we understand protocol. We got it. We won't go anywhere. And uh, she nods at the two of you, and then she kind of makes eye contact with Jazara, who just stares at her <laughs> and just stares at her before, like, they like they just have a staring contest before Jazara just completely turns her back to her, like, she's just totally ignoring her <laughs> And, uh, it's been a little while since you guys have seen Jazara get this salty about a person, but there's <laughs> salt but, is happening. But there is some friction. Val and Asha, you want to and, look going, should we be worried? Just, just like, not at the moment, but <laughs> maybe. And, uh, Alessandor, like, she walks off. And uh, Calm is over there, and, and uh, he's just kind of like obediently doing whatever uh, the cleric tells him to do. And uh, uh, she's gonna, the cleric, while she's over there working on Calm, she's gonna start bandaging him and like certain um, like scratches and things like that, more of his minor injuries. Um, but you see for a moment, like she puts her hands together and they begin to glow. And then her hammer, the symbols that uh, Asha, you had seen, mm -hmm. and you you specifically, Asha, noticed that the symbols on her hammer glow as well. And uh, she places her hands on him, and you can see some of the more grievous wounds on him start to knit closed as she works her healing magic on them. And uh, she, uh, after, it takes her a couple of moments of, like, working on him and stuff like that before she pulls away, and uh, she kind of, like, pats his cheek, and she says, now... You be good, and you lay down. There will be no more work for you this day. And he's like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and then she says, that's a good boy. <laughs> and then she turns around, and she looks at, at the uh, three of you, and she says, ah, now, who could use some help? That one. Val is just sitting on the cot with, you know, tail by her side, feet kind of kicking, going like, yep. And she's going to kind of hobble up to you. And she says, and what would your name be, my dear? Valkaria Nykor. Valkaria. What a lovely name for a lovely young lady. And she pats her cheek. And uh, up this close to her, you realize that her eyes are not pale because of, like, any Duergard sense or, like, just because they're a very pale shade. Uh, she is blind. And uh, it it's kind of like surprises you a little bit because at no point has she not looked directly at whoever she's talking to. And like, she's even maintaining like eye contact and looking at where you mm -hmm. are. Um, so it strikes you as a little, a little odd that her eyes appear like she is blind, but yet she has no troubles as she walks mm -hmm. around the room and she's healing people as she's looking at wounds and things like that. Um, so you, you do find that a little bit interesting. And uh, she, she gives you a bit of a, a once-over. She says, well, I must say, my dear. And she kind of, like, pulls your arm out as she's doing so. And she's looking at your wounds and stuff like that. And she's kind of, like, holding it up. It's like, you do not appear to be wearing a uniform of the Kryn Dynasty. 
So does that mean you're not of the Kryn dynasty? That would be correct. Interesting indeed. And she starts bandaging like one of your arms and stuff like that. And then uh, she moves to the other one and checking some of your injuries. And she says, so Valkaria Nyakor, not of the Kryn dynasty. Where are you from? Val is going to mentally send a message to both Asha and Jazz and be like, how much do we tell these people? Like, I know we want to find an army, but also how much do we want to tell them before they go rampaging into our home? You can say the Underdark well, and they wouldn't know exactly where. Jazara, like, she kind of takes a second. She says, to be fair, if they did rampage into the Underdark, it might take care of a problem. That too. That's fair. Okay. All right, that's all. And we do... And she's like, this truly goes against some of my deepest and most regular training of trusting people we absolutely do not know. And I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination we should trust any of them. But I do believe there will have to be some kind of give and take. We're going to have to be at least somewhat honest with these people. We want them to lend us an army. Nobody's going to just lend us an army to people that they think are telling half-truths. True. So pick what you say carefully but don't lie about it if we get caught in lies likely they'll turn us out or throw us into the ocean air okay um we are from the underdark we have we are and she definitely turns at that and she's like i did not think there was anybody still in the underdark she leans very close to your face and she takes a really deep like inhale and uh, she says, you do smell of magic. We come from the nameless city. That is our, that is the city we serve. And what master does your city serve? None. We serve ourselves. Our clerics, what, not, not pray, is it pray? Or give homage or whatever? Worship. Worship, worship. thank you. Our clerics worship the weaver. The, the what? The weaver. Weaver, thank you. If it's a weaver, I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it was a burp. <laughs> Our clerics worship the weaver. Uh, we have we have been in our city in the Underdark since the Calamity, or so we've been told. An entire portion of the Underdark that worships the moon weaver. Yeah. Now that is something I have not heard before. She kind of looks at you and she kind of like pats your arm. She says... You're full of very interesting information, my dear. Now, I will ask you this. When you mentioned your clerics of the Moonweaver, did you guess you're at Asha? No. I figured she'd let the... I have a feeling the cleric already knows that we have a cleric in the room, but I figured Asha would uh, introduce herself that way. Did Asha chime in when talking about the Moonweaver the way Aaron did? No. <laughs> that was all Aaron. No. Okay. That was Aaron. Sorry. <laughs> okay. And uh, she kind of just... She, she was letting Val do says, her uh, diplomat uh-huh. thing. Okay. And these clerics of the Moonweaver that your Underdark City has, tell me about them. And as she does, she claps her hands together and very bright white light comes out of them and her hammer glows once again and she pushes her hands onto your chest and you feel your whole body just with like magic this really bright 
like holy magic just fills every part of your body. And it's a shock because of how strong it is. This woman looks extremely old, a little frail, and like, like she, she hobbles around, but the magic in her is so powerful. It almost like rocks you backwards. Val is going to, you know, her eyes are going to pop right open and be like, whoa, that was different. Uh, and you feel like your wings start to, like to knit together and heal, and uh, like your whole body just feels energized. It, it's like you were just taken and just dunked in like a whole bunch of snow, just all of a sudden, like just just fresh, very cool like feeling has come over your whole body. And like a moth to a flame, Asha has <laughs> moved closer because she wants to see the older Claire cleric at work and like without really meaning to she's kind of like not like touching Val but kind of like trying to get like some of the trying to feel the energy yeah, around feel her. the energy around her and like trying to get a sense yeah. of like that magic that's coming from her yeah it's just kind of like and so while uh, all this is happening Val's gonna look at Asha and look at the cleric and be like if you would like to know more about <clears throat> our clerics and what we worship you can ask that one right there val's just like she's high right now uh you also heal 12 points yay now this is a dumb question but when she heals like when someone gets healed mm -hmm. like that do they mm -hmm. and their wounds knit together does it leave a scar or mm -hmm. not with magical healing no so magical he unless it's like extreme like extremely severe damage no um, or if it doesn't heal, like, it's like if I was to do 40 points of damage to you mm -hmm. and you only healed like 20 of it, there's a chance of scarring would be higher. Um, like when Jazara was knocked down, when she got stabbed with that lightning javelin, it left scars mm -hmm. because it knocked her to zero hit points and to the point of making death saving right. throws. When you have to, when you get knocked down to the point of death saving throws, you'll probably get scars, but uh, otherwise probably not. Okay. Not if magical healing is involved. So Good to know. Val is slowly uh, this, going this, down on the bed, just staring at the ceiling, because she's just in euphoria. Yeah. And this this woman, like, she still has her hands that are now hovering over you, and, like, this bright white is, like, still, uh, bright white light is still shining from her hands. And she doesn't turn away from Valkaria, but she tilts her head, like, in your direction, Asha. Mm -hmm. I see I have a fellow cleric in the room. Yeah, and, it, and um, Asha's just kind of, like, Cause she felt like the the she felt the power. Yeah, she felt the power. She felt the ch uh, the change in the force. I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. Like she went, she went, she tuned into that real hard. But it's very different from hers. Like someone else, this woman serves someone else. It feels like it, it's just make me either an Arcana check or a Religion check, whichever one is better okay. for you. Okay, we're doing Religion because it is higher. Um, and we what? got ten. <laughs> Ten. It's it's oh, interesting. <laughs> like the feel of the magic is is very different from uh, yours. You can feel like there is this like holy energy to it. Very different from the Moonweaver. With the Moonweaver, when like her magic happens for you, it's you almost feel like her presence mm -hmm. there. But this isn't. There's no presence behind it. You don't feel like and the pull of like an entity mm -hmm. it feels more in the way of like 
almost like the polar opposite of Valkaria's magic. When Valkaria performs magic, you can feel the darkness and the shadows mm-hmm. that come forth and that she's drawing from like this, this, this dark force. This feels almost exactly the opposite. This feels like a force of pure light, of pure energy. And it doesn't have that presence of like something possibly sentient laying behind it the way your magic does because your magic comes from the moon weaver but it feels more in that vacantness in the way that valkaria's magic does it's just like instead of that pull into darkness it's just like a shot of adrenaline over your whole senses Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because you've never seen or felt healing magic that doesn't have like that presence behind it but it is very crisp feeling it doesn't feel like bad or, or wrong in any way. It's just pure magic. And Asha's just kind of overcome with this sense of wonder. And she's just like trying not to fangirl. But it's like, this is like <laughs> really cool for her. At and the same time, Val's shadows are just... Because again, she's high as fuck right now. So she's like, her shadows are just mm-hmm. kind of playing with the lights. And Asha kind of just like dismisses that. <laughs> and she's like, who do you serve? It's a really not intelligent question. It's just, she's just like, who? (laughs) What? Who or what do you serve? That's incredible. And you see like a bit of a smile like plays on her and uh, she kind of like chuckles. She says, my magic is the magic of the light. Huh. And then so Asha, um, feeling a little, not smug, but because she did have that encounter (laughs) with the Moonweaver and she's got she's coming off that magical buzz too. Um, yeah. So she's like she's had had some days, okay? I had some days. Asha's tired, man. Asha's tired, but she's like instead of like trying to explain anything to this other cleric. I'm sorry, I missed her name or did we say her name? Oh, um Skyrin. Skyrin. S C Y R I N. S C Y R I N. Okay. Um and so she's Instead of trying to explain to Skyrim what she can do, she's just like, I'm a shower. So she's like, brings herself up to her full height and she's got her shield um, as like kind of a grounding object. And I'd like her to just do some, I don't know, call call her magic and, you know, like bring it down and like, I don't sure. know. Showcase it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she She's out of words. She's just going to show magic. <laughs> I mean that's that's valid too to be fair like you like just displays of magic in one form or the other um just kind of like pulling on like some of the deepest like elements of your magic but just in a way that showcases what Asha can do like as a healer in general Mm -hmm. and uh you know and just kind of like to bring forth like that sense of your magic and the magic of the moon weaver and try to pull that presence out to like show um this other cleric of an entity you have never heard of mm-hmm. before um and uh so you kind of just put your hand like on your symbol of the moon weaver until your hands just like start to glow as you channel some of this energy and you hold your hands out and like this glowing ball of like light starts to appear and like little flecks of light kind of like start to spin like around it and it's almost like you've created like this little almost like a sun with little stars, like just kind of floating around mm-hmm. it. And uh, the presence of the Moonweaver magic really just be felt in this. And uh, the 
the uh, cleric, she kind of turns and she kind of looks at you. And she reaches her hand out and her hand like brushes against the uh, the light that comes from your, from your magic. And uh, she says, ah, this is very powerful divine magic, my dear. You should be quite proud. And Asha, again, <laughs> she's a little tired so, and a little emotional. That's right. This. Not crying, but like a little, you know, a single glistening like tear. Because <laughs> again, she just had that dream sequence vision thing where she encountered the Moonweaver, and so it's all kind of coming back to her now that she's a little that she's safer. And yeah. it's just kind of a, and so she just looks at Skyrim, and she's got her magic in front of her, and she just kind of nods and like, mm-hmm. like just the silent nod and the tear, the mm-hmm. one, tear, one tear, and then she's gonna. Let the magic go, and as the tear falls, a shadow comes over and kind of flips it off of her. <laughs> and then the moment is gone, and she growls. At <laughs> a Valkaria that's just off in her own little universe at the moment, and she may or may not yeah. drop her shield so that it pinches <laughs> Val's tail. Okay, and kind of like just drop your shield just strategically enough that it hits Valkaria's tail. Mm-hmm. And um, Skyrim, she kind of like backs up and like the uh, wave of energy that's coming off of her kind of like uh, goes back into her. So like, like kind of like fades down and uh, Val, you're just kind of still riding that high, but you can feel it slowly starting slowly to come down. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it's going to take a few minutes for that feeling to go away. Um, and it just kind of like, you can feel it as it wanes a bit of your energy kind of like goes with it. And you're just kind of like, oh, I'm tired yeah. now. And, uh, but uh, she kind of like, she'll turn to you and uh, she says, allow me to properly introduce myself to you, my dear. I am Skyrin Everbright. I am a cleric of the light. Did you say Everlight? No, Everbright. Everbright, okay. (laughs) And I don't mean this in a bad way, but she kind of sounds like a Rainbow Bright character. (laughs) (laughs) In a good way. I mean, um, that's, that's bad. So then Asha turns to her and she says, and I am Asha Kel, cleric of the Moonweaver. And she gives a little, she says, and she kind of like returns your little like bow. And she says, it's been quite some time since I've met a cleric of something other than the light. And I must admit, I'm quite intrigued by you and your little uh, friends. It's not often <laughs> we get visitors here either. What brings you to Vermos? You okay, Cracky? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Uh, At what? Skyron will kind of like pat Valkaria's leg and she's like, she'll be like that for a little while, my dear. We're and here for an army! Without further ado. Quite interesting. You are the army. You're leading an army. Or you want to be in an army? I'll asleep at this point. Yeah. Um, Jazara just kind of like no to all of that we're no we're not looking to join any army we're not looking to lead one lead an army Uh, (laughs) we're looking for help and maybe some earplugs at some point as she kind of like looks at Valkarius in her snoring form Mm -hmm. she says this is a long long story and um, 
and Jara just kind of like kind of trails off and she's kind of looking at Asha and uh, Skyrim just kind of straightens and she says then perhaps tea is in order that sounds good hopefully it's not she's poison gonna go... because Asha's had some poison tea before and it... she didn't enjoy it <laughs> sounds like you've had quite an interesting time my dear She's going to kind of like shuffle over and she's going to start making some tea by the large fire that's over uh, in the corner of the room. And she kind of like gestures you both to come join her. And uh, like there's some like nice like seating that uh, is around the fire and like she puts the tea to boil and uh, she's eventually like she's pours you all tea. And she says, so you're looking for an army for what? Um, in the Jazara's gonna look over at Asha or like over at Valk where Kari is like sleeping for him. She's like, Is it been a lot easier if somebody else had been awake to say it? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I mean, didn't you drop your shield on her? That could wake her up. She dropped it on your tail before oh, you fell yeah, asleep. Yeah, so. So. Um, oh god. Um, <laughs> of course, the diplomat, she's usually. She's usually our talker. Um, you know, she's a little a little anxious, but they agreed to be honest. So, <laughs> um, yeah, our family, our home, and all of our families in our home were attacked by illicit ghosts. She said, God. Okay. You hear a very faint. And you realize that Goosington is still in her hood and she is using him as a pillow right now because he is, he is trapped under her. And you just hear her very faint. And Asha just... Jazara is very studiously just like ignoring that all of But that. Asha can. Like, no. So she's gonna do the, you know, the one finger leg. I'm a, I'm a... And then so she goes over to Val's sleeping form, yanks up her head, grabs the goose... <laughs> And just lets Val's head drop and brings the goose Bam! to sleep <coughs> next to her and Jazz and doesn't even look back at that. Because uh, that is still sleeping. <laughs> that can, can continue sleeping. And um, she, she sets Goosey down. And um, this is Sir Goosington of Gooseville. He's our traveling companion. And, and you you see the uh, Skyrim, she kind of like leans over and she reaches out her hand and Goosington kind of like lifts his head up like towards her hand and she like pets him several times and he just sits there and just like kind of preens under the attention as, as uh, he gets some nice pats and she says all of the creatures both Exandrian and magical are welcome here Goosey is a good boy honk <laughs> and um <laughs> and he does steal a biscuit off of a tray and and just kind of waddle into a corner and just kind of like look over his shoulder and just And doesn't it. Skyron have a big uh, roaring fire? So I'm sure he just is going to go mm -hmm. enjoy some. He's definitely warming his tail feathers. Like his tail feathers just start wiggling just directly at the fire, getting a little too close for your comfort. But but I'm going to trust him. Magical I'm going to trust him to uh, take care of himself. And um, so Asha <clears throat> settles back down and she says, our home, the nameless city, is being attacked. Was being attacked by elithids, and our families charged us with coming back with help. To put it, in it's a quite the ordeal, my dear. I'm so sorry to hear that. And uh, it's, we, most of us, had never been 
outside of the Underdark before. We've certainly never been up here, and it's been it's been a wild couple months here. And uh, so, yeah, when we uh, met your lovely captain, um, we thought we might be on the right path. And she kind of like, she takes a moment and she kind of like drinks very slowly some of her tea. And uh, she says, well, people of the Underdark are not exactly unknown to the Kryn dynasty, though we haven't actively met anyone in quite some time. I am quite surprised to find people that are from there, let alone have an entire city still. Most of the inhabitants of the Underdark were ousted. Many, many, many years ago, for various reasons. But I've never heard of any who've worshipped the Moonweaver. They were all of the ones I've encountered over my many, and she kind of like smiles, many years, have all been followers of Loth. I'm quite surprised to find worshippers of something other than such darkness. We are quite unique in that regard. And uh, this is when Val is waking up from her quick nap because that was a lot of energy coming out of her. Quick. Okay, and what are you gonna so do? She's now? gonna creak out and she's gonna be like, uh, shit, what was I gonna say? <laughs> that would be great if that's what she said. Oh, yeah. actually said. No. She's just gonna butt in and be like, that's because no one outside of our city knows where we are. We don't have contact with any other. Uh, anybody. With anybody in the Underdark. Jazara will chime in. She says, our city is entirely isolated. We have very limited contact with even the surface. We send scouting parties here and there up to the surface just to ensure that there isn't anyone who's going to come after us. But until we ventured into Pale Bank, that was the first uh, people in the nameless city that had encountered surface dwellers in centuries at least to my knowledge Val's gonna walk and the woman kind of nods as you like stumble out of bed Val's gonna stumble out of bed go park her butt next to Goosey by the fire and grab some tea probably have to get you sit and and, uh, Skyrim like she passes you a tray of like of cookies and stuff like that for you to munch on and uh, they are delicious by the way. You have no idea what's in them, but they are delicious. Yeah, Val's gonna scarf down like five. Yeah. Go. She's like, you've got tea in one hand, a bunch of cookies in the other, and just now, oh. Uh-huh. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, she just, she kind of chuckles, but uh, she turns back and she says, well, I suppose the isolation would explain quite a few things. <laughs> and, but if you're looking for help, I'm afraid that's not something I can help you with, but... I suppose this is a good place to start if you're seeking aid from the Kryn dynasty. Though I am surprised you're seeking aid from the Kryn dynasty. Can I ask a... This is not Aaron asking, this is Sasha. Skyrin, <laughs> uh, can I ask who mm-hmm. are the Kryn dynasty? We are the Kryn dynasty, though this fort is a bit of a... Uh, small scale for us. We come from the Jorhas. Kryn dynasty is our current uh, dynasty. <laughs> well, this is small. This is small? What do you mean small? Of course. Well, I mean in comparison to places like 
Rosana, and which is our major capital city, or anywhere else in Jorhas. Jorhas is a is a land, the way the empire south of here is a land, the Dwindalian Empire. We at Jorhas are to the east. We control the eastern portion of Wildmount. This is small for them, guys. And Jazara's kind of like gonna lean over and she says, "And what exactly has you here? <laughs> Judging by the maps that I've seen, Jorhas is not close." And Skyrim, she she nods a bit. She's, "Aye, that would be true, but we're here for the same reason everyone else is: the ruins of Aeor." The damn ruins. <laughs> ruins carry many secrets, both ancient and new, both interesting and, well, quite frankly, horrific. The ruins carry People... nothing but chaos. Well, you are quite right in that, my dear. Unfortunately, I am here for a reason. I am one of the senior clerics of Rosana, and I am uh, needed a bit too often for my taste here. The wilds here are just that, a bit too wild. And the magics are ancient, corrupt, and too untamable in many ways. So unfortunately, I'm a bit overworked most days. You are lucky that I just cleared out a round of patience. Otherwise, this place would be quite a bit fuller than it was before. Hmm. Need an apprentice? <laughs> <laughs> and she kind, of, she kind of smiles and she says, Well, I do not doubt that your cleric of the Moonweaver is quite gifted in your time here in Vermas. If you find yourself at liberty to come see me, I would be more than happy to have a hand. Val's going to wink at Asha and be like... And Asha's going to narrow her eyes at Val, but then she's going to look at Skyrin and say, I'd be really excited too, because she really is. She'd like a little, she'd like a little something that she actually had control over. That's fair. Which is exactly why Val did that, right? But it's the speaking for her. <laughs> and uh, and Skyrim, like she kind of like pats your arm, uh, Asha, as you as you say that, and uh, said, "Well, I do believe you might be here for a little while until somebody returns to fetch you. So, why don't we practice a few things?" You can show me what you know, and I'll show you some things that I know. I uh, don't get along quite as well as I used to, but I do believe there's still a bit of magic I have to teach. Val is going to refill her tea. <laughs> mm. Look at Goosey and be like, this should be fun. Pass the other side next to where I'd Val at uh, Jazz and be like, let's watch the show. <laughs> and then um, Asha gets up <clears throat> from where she'd been seated with her tea and mm. she straightens out her clothes as much as she can because they are quite rumpled from fighting and griffin flying and things of this nature but she's and all kinds of things and then she goes she looks at Skyrim and says what would you like me to show you and uh, she leads you over to a uh, one of her patients that has been like kind of laying on one of the, the beds and you you notice like as she goes she's so precise like she doesn't miss anything like she's not reaching for anything that's like not that her like even though she appears to be blind it's strikes you as something that almost has to be magical mm -hmm. about how it is she is so accurate mm -hmm. 
and uh but you're not entirely sure what that is but you do get the sense it's like you two begin to work together that she's doing something magical you feel like this faint sense of magic coming off of her that you begin to notice just at all times mm -hmm. and even when she's not actively like using her magic and it strikes you as it, it particularly interesting because while being around magic users you can feel like a sense of magic on them but this you can tell is some kind of passively active feel that is acting for her mm -hmm. um but you guys just spend some time and like you go and like you start working um, on some of the patients and stuff like that. And, and what Valkyria was hoping to be incredibly entertaining is highly entertaining for Asha in the fact that she's like learning from this experienced healer and like talking about wounds. Mm -hmm. And like, she starts telling you about where they come from, <coughs> what kind of creatures did it and like magical burns versus like regular burns and like this, that, and the other thing. And it's incredibly fascinating for Asha. So boring for <laughs> And just so dull. And Asha might throw a, you know, dry look over her shoulder at Val, like, mm -hmm. And you really just start to listen as she talks to you about, like, she has, like, these different, like, um, herbs and creams and, like, cures and things like that in jars, and she starts, as she uses them on patients, and you go from patient to patient to patient, she tells you about them, and she tells you what's in them, and, like, how this one is used to treat like burns but this one is used for like cuts and like where she finds these and how hard it is to find stuff in the tundra so here's some alternatives to use and she really starts to teach you about like a lot of surface plants mm -hmm. and things like that and things like you don't know a lot of but she'll start to identify some of them for you and like she'll show you like jars and things and things to, like to start paying attention to and, and at uh, some point asha yeah. will definitely pause her and go to her bag and grab some mm -hmm. like to take some notes because this yeah. is valuable and again she just kind of she's a little giddy about this like this is this is what yeah. she's been waiting val for. is bored but she's happy because no one's bothering val i guess <laughs> no she's happy that you're yeah. that we've got some use out of being up on the surface yeah and so yeah asha is furiously scribbling and drawing little pictures of different plants so that she can remember mm -hmm. them and then keep taking notes of like what skyron says where where to find them how scarce they are all those things she's just like best day of her and life. as she like she goes through like the different plants and stuff like that she will give you like a leaf or like a twig of like a dried version of mm -hmm. it so you have it for reference and she'll give them to you for you to like press in the pages and mm -hmm. stuff like that question can mm -hmm. val's magic manipulate the color of ink mm, what spell would you want to use to do that i have no idea i, I will make you use a spell i have no idea i was thinking of like while asha scribbling Val just decides to like change different colors of like whatever she's writing down. Like if it's a leaf, it's green. If it's like a spell, it's blue. Uh, um, I would say I'd let you use prestidigitation to do okay. that to like alter the ink. Yeah. So it, like Asha, you have like one ink pot, but as you want to change colors, you just kind of like bring it over to Valkaria <laughs> and make her touch it, and then and like you do this for well over like two hours. It's just back and forth, <laughs> like just tap, tap as you take notes and like Asha goes from patient to patient. Um, some point during all of this, Jazara will go and she'll take the chair nearest to Valkaria, but facing where the door is. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, she, she, you know, she kind of sits, but she sits in a way that she can like watch the whole room. Mm -hmm. And uh, she just kind of, she doesn't really say a whole lot, but you feel like she's 
watching and waiting because at some point somebody said they were coming yeah. back. Somebody said they stuff. were coming back. So, but you guys do spend a couple of hours here. You kind of like uh, Valkaria. You, you start to take, you know, like you get a bit of a, a rest in, and you eat your your cookies and like you drink your tea, and uh, the fire is warm behind you. Sir Goosington's curled up in your lap, and um, Ash is learning quite a bit. Jazara um, takes the time to like when it appears within like the first thirty minutes that nobody's showing back up. Like she'll take the time to like clean off her bow and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, you guys spend a couple hours here just in silence, doing a bit of recovery, and for Asha, a lot of learning. Mm-hmm. And uh, Calm, by the way, who had been healed at pretty quickly after he was healed, he, he's just taking a nap, mm-hmm. like a very long nap. He kind of like didn't want to at first, but he is out cold. So mm-hmm. I, I he think... probably knew what was going to happen once he got healed. He's like, I don't want a nap, like a little child. Yeah. Yeah, but who, but who honestly doesn't want to take a nap? I just, I don't understand. No, I would give anything to take a nap. <laughs> Is there anything specifically uh, that? I mean, we know what Asha's doing, but is there anything specific that Asha would like to do, or Valkyrie would like to do in this time frame? I no, think Val is just listening to Cleric Skyrim and Asha, trying to, you know, because okay. as. The, you know, as the future leader of the city, she wants to know what the hell they're talking about to have some idea. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to okay. listen and follow along, hanging out with Lucy. Okay. And Asha's she's just doing her thing on Cloud Nine. So, like, she's just so happy to follow around and 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 you know take notes and and do things. And she's she's just pleased with her with her situation right now. Okay. Um. At one point. Like Jazara will lean over to Valkaria and she'll just kind of like tap like the side of her head, asking for Valkaria to like mental message her. Mm-hmm. What's up, Val? Val, sorry. What's up, Jazz? Well. It occurs to me that because these people are from some distant relation with the Underdark, and they speak Undercommon, if we wanted to say anything sneaky, it might not be a good idea to use Undercommon. So mental message, got it. Mental messaging, or if um, as a last ditch effort, infernal is probably a bit more uncommon. Uh, but there are other teams here; they could probably know it. There are, but just as a just as a note, under common might not be a good uh, first guess. Got it. Bye. That's and. Uh, fair. <laughs> And uh, so she kind of just, she spends some time just kind of like looking around and stuff like that. And after a couple of hours, um, you hear footsteps start to come down the hallway. And coming through the door is uh, one of the other people that you saw earlier, um, which was this in Thylysses. And he kind of like walks through the door and um, he says, and behind him is like two other like guards come up behind him. He says, uh, the, <clears throat> the commander will see you now. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> and Asha's just a little disappointed to have to leave, even though she absolutely knows why. <laughs> and, like, the cleric, she'll, like, reach out and she'll pat your hand, Asha, and she says, if you find yourself with some free time later, you are, of course, welcome to come back. I'm always happy to have another set of quite gifted hands around. 
Asha begrudgingly sets down whatever she was working on, closes up her book, and goes and puts it in her bag. And uh, she very kind of like a little bit sneakily as you go to turn, like she hands you this jar of like some of the uh, cream you had just been using to like cover like a burn. And she kind of just hands it to you as you go. And Asha just kind of... <laughs> I have a jar of dirt. I got a jar of dirt. <laughs> I got a jar of dirt. And uh, as soon as these people had come into the room, by the way, Jazara was just on her feet mm-hmm. and uh, staring at these people as, as they've come in. And uh, she kind of like walks towards the door, making sure she's like the first one there before either of the two of you. And uh, uh, Thistlin kind of, he nods at uh, all of you. And he says, if you'll, <clears throat> if you'll follow me, the commander would like a word. Quiet. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Val can tell that he's a little green around the edges. Mm-hmm. So she just goes, you know, head held high. She just goes, lead the way. Mm-hmm. And he kind of nods slightly awkwardly. And he starts making his way down the hall. But the two guards stay put. And as you three go down the hallway, like, they come up behind you to take up the rear. And uh, you begin making your way back through the ship. And uh, interestingly enough, like, you go back up to the deck itself, onto the deck... And then you go to the edge of the ship that's facing the side of another ship, and you see a uh, rope bridge is attached between the two. And uh, this one gets on it and starts walking to the next boat over. Great. Wobbly things. Don't fall in the water. Shut up. That's from Jazara. Shut up, does. More heights. Yay. What are you complaining about? You can just walk up on the side of the damn ship. Like it over water. She can't walk on water. No, but if she falls in, she can just climb up the side of the boat. I'd still fall, <laughs> and it would still hurt. And it'd still be pretty cold too. I mean, and she got like Jazz gestures to like the giant glacier that's not that far <laughs> away, <laughs> and she's like, you know, it's a little cold, so. And Asha tr- is trying to not very dramatically hold on to the. The rope part of the bridge. <laughs> yeah. She's just, you know, she's holding on good, but trying to make it look cool. Okay. Val makes it across, I hope. She's being very cool. Yeah. You guys make your way from one ship to the other. The The bridge is surprisingly sturdy. Um, you do notice as you walk across it. Um, actually, give me, give me perception checks. 17. 17. 16 for jazz. You guys notice as you're walking, um, and like the ships sway a little bit from side to side, and having a bridge attached to it and it, to two ships that are swaying differently seems like it would be a bad idea to you, but you notice as you're looking at this bridge um, that the rope kind of like lengthens and shortens itself as needed oh. um, to accommodate the swaying of the boats. And uh, like extra. Like, the wood is, instead of being, like, it's large blocks of wood, mm-hmm. instead of just, like, thinner uh, pieces mm-hmm. to it. And you see some of them extend and shorten as needed to go with it as well. Well, that's so. nifty. Yeah. So, it's, uh, they, hey, and there's two people standing on each end of each boat, kind of, like, monitoring it, mm-hmm. too, in case, you know, anything suddenly happens and something like that. And uh, to make sure nobody falls as well. But you make your way onto the other boat. 
and it's this time instead of going inside and going down you actually approach a very tall tower and you walk in and i listen like he walks through the door and he starts leading you into what is just stairway after stairway after stairway straight up and you march floor after floor and probably about 10 floors <laughs> up you finally get to the top and uh they're in this room is like you approach just like a single closed door and uh, he walks up to the door and there's these two heavily armored guards standing on either side they're wearing very thick dark armor that seems to like be plated over itself and the shoulder pieces come up in like really like sharp spikes and uh, they wear very thick helmets that are very like the Dark Lord from Lord of the Rings, like the way his the front of his helmet is very sharp and pointed down, kind of like that, except for you see even less of his face. Mm. And uh, there's no like, there's there are spikes on it, but it's not like that crown of spikes the way it is in Lord of the Rings. But there are two spikes that kind of just go straight backwards, and they're a little bit upwards, but backwards. And um, the armor is like a deep purple, almost black in places, but it's a very deep purple. And they're standing there, very stone-faced, with very large, ornate-looking spears on either side of the door. Well, that's welcoming. <laughs> and uh, uh, they listen. He kind of turns and he says, "The commander will see you." And he knocks on the the door, and you hear a, a very like there's there is a pause for a moment, and then you hear a very deep voice say through the door, "Enter." And at the same time. The two guards turn and push the doors open before going back into their post. Okay, that's just creepy. Yup. Yup. And Jazz kind of leans closer, just like, maybe it's not a good idea to let them hear you say that when we have a favor to ask them. Even if you're right. <laughs> All right. She kind of leans in, like, she, she's still leaning into you. She says, just do me a favor. When you go to take over the Nameless City, don't do whatever this is. Noted. <laughs> She's like, I'll work for you, but I don't want to do whatever that is. <laughs> You're going to be the captain of the guard. You run it the way you want to. Good. No weird <laughs> synchronicity. No, 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 no. no weird synchronized open. door opening. No. Yeah. Like, we're not practicing synchronized door opening. No. And she just kind of like mumbles in her breath. She's like, I wonder if they have to practice that. Probably, Probably. yeah. <laughs> practice synchronized door opening. Um, but these very thick, like, heavy wooden doors that come open into a very spacious, very sparse room. There's a huge wooden desk sitting at the very center um, with a couple of uh, small windows, like, placed around and one additional set of doors off to one side where you can see uh, leads out to what looks like a balcony that goes around the whole top of the building. And uh, sitting inside behind this desk is a uh, an older drow, and uh, he's, when I say older, like middle-aged for a drow. He's wearing armor, but he is not wearing the helmet of the people that were standing in front of your door. Um, but uh, it looks worn and a little dented in some places. This is clearly an armor that has seen a lot of combat at some point. And while it is very well taken care of, it has, it's just older and have seen a lot of use at some point. Um, the man has uh, white hair that's cut very, very short. Uh, he has a scar like on the side of his face that's very ragged, but it comes down just on the outside of where his eye is and curves down all the way down to his jaw. Um, he's kind of leaning with one arm onto the desk and there's like 
scrolls and parchments and papers and quills and things like that on his desk, but it all looks, there's a lot of it, but very organized and neat and in very specific order. Um, and standing in front of the desk, but off to the side is Alessandor. And clearly they'd been having a conversation and she's standing there with her hands like behind mm-hmm. her back at, at attention as uh, she turns and looks at you guys as you come through the door. And uh, this, this man is kind of like, he's got one arm like rested yeah. on the desk and uh, is and he looks in at you and he says, I see you are visitors. My captain here tells me you fought some goblins away from our griffins and offered them aid. Is this true? Who would be the better person to talk right now? Val or Jazz? That's up to you. You can talk first or you can look at Jazz and ask her to. I'm going to let Jazz handle this one because she knows commander ranks and stuff. Okay. Gotta look at uh, Jasara to kind of take the lead and she kind of looks at you like... Big fuck you. Big fuck you. It's it's just a slight (laughs) glance of just kind of like, great, Mm -hmm. this is fun. Thank you. Um, And she kind of like takes a a half step forward. Um, But even as she does take that half step forward, you see like Alessandor kind of like just a little (laughs) tighten at at that approach. And uh, just Jasara is completely ignoring this woman. And uh, she's just like, no, not my bitch, not my problem. Like, not my command, like, uh-uh. Not my bitch, like, not I, my problem. <laughs> I think I'm going to regret saying that. I feel like that's just going to be a thing. Um, Gloria likes kind of it. Stuff. Not my bitch, not my problem. It's written down. It's like, y- y'all are Jazara's bitches, so you're Jazara's problems. Mm-hmm. It's not Jazara's problem, so... Um, but Jazara kind of steps forward and she says, we were making our way back to our ship when we discovered your people in a bit of peril. We offered our assistance, of course. And this commander just kind of looks at her for a moment and says, of course. And, uh, Jazara kind of not, still not looking at Alcindor. She says, we did not come here with any particular intentions, though we did come here seeking counsel. And he kind of, like, raises an eyebrow at her and, like, gestures for her to continue. We, and she kind of, like, looks back at the two of you for a moment, and she just really, you can see the debate on her face (laughs) about what she wants to say before she just kind of thinks, like, you know, back to what Valkyrie had said, like, we've, we're gonna try for the honesty. She says, I doubt you've heard of where we come from, and I don't know how well you'll take it, but we're from a place called the Nameless City. It resides in the Underdark. And you do see him, like, stiffen a little bit at that, and he does, like, kind of focus, and he looks over all of you again, but with much more intensity Mm -hmm. and focus. This time, as he looks you up and down, um, give me, both of you, give me an insight check, please. Fourteen. 14. 14. 14. Okay, Gloria. Um, whatever he's looking at you for, he does not find. Not in a way that he finds you lacking, but whatever he's looking for, yeah. he doesn't find in it. He doesn't, he seems He's probably looking he for like whatever it is. dark entities or whatever, and it's like, you're not gonna find it here. Or Lulf insignia. Yeah. You can kind of infer things like that. Bad and uh, she says, our city was founded 
by the grace of the Moonweaver. She is who we worship, and our city has been in total isolation from not only the surface, but from anything and anyone else. It has been since the Calamity. And, like, he seems a bit interested in that, and he says, You've been in total isolation since the Calamity. And yep. she says, oh, yes. That is what I said. <laughs> now I was going to send the and mental message and be like, play nice. Play nice. Zara, like, she doesn't send you words back, but it's just, like, a feeling of, like, mm-hmm. pow, pow. <laughs> yeah. Pow, pow. <laughs> and uh, she says, we have come here because our city, unfortunately, has been attacked. We are not the only creatures that live in our pocket of the Underdark. Unfortunately, in the lower levels of the Underdark are the horrors known as the Illithids, which I'm sure you've probably heard of, at least at some point, I imagine. And he nods, and then uh, uh, she says, they have attacked our city, and our people were not faring well the last we saw, and we were given a, a mission, an order, to come to the surface and look for aid. And he kind of stares at her for a long moment and says, what kind of aid are you looking for? Well, preferably an army. And it, like, just his eyebrow just gets raised real high. He's <laughs> like, and who exactly do you expect on the surface to just give you an army to command? Jazar says, I never expected an army to command, but aid and allies would not be turned away. And he kind of, he doesn't say anything for a long moment, and he looks over at uh, uh, Alcindor, who is just staring at him, and they seem to be having, like, just a silent conversation. Not a mental conversation the way Valkyria does with all of you, but just, like, a silent conversation between people who know each other pretty well. And uh, he is going to make a check. It's a pretty good check. He looks all of you over for for a moment, and give me Valkaria. Give me a perception check. Fifteen. Fifteen. He looks all of you up and down for a moment. You do notice his eyes catch on uh, Asha's symbol of the Moonweaver, and uh, he, he like kind of he lingers on that for a moment and then he looks over to Zara and like her current armor like has the insignia that she'd taken from her old armor and put onto mm-hmm. this one of the Nameless City and you notice like he kind of tracks obviously these like symbols and like uh, like things that are on her armor that he does not recognize and then he looks at you and he looks you up and down for a moment something about the way he's looking at you changes and he kind of like straightens up from his desk a little bit as he's staring at you but you're not really sure why there's just something about you has just made him focus a little more and uh he he kind of like looks at all of you again and uh you can hear they listen um go and uh, everybody just kind of turns and looks at him as he's standing behind you all and he just kind of looks a little awkward and says um the lady uh everbright vouches for the fact that they do not harbor any of the magic of wolf and he kind of not and like the commander kind of nods for a moment and asha so kind let's of touches say... her you know amulet and kind of like just kind of nervous but it's also kind of like like she knows he already saw it but she's kind of just like mm-hmm. yeah, no lull fear 
It's like, no, Lol's here. And uh, it's about that time that you hear footsteps again coming uh, from behind you. And in walking two short figures, one you recognize as Skyrin um, as she comes to the door, but another figure you see in uh, very detailed armor. It has the most insignia you've seen outside of the commander in front of you. And, uh, but he is a goblin and he is wearing um, very detailed armor and he carries a spear that's much bigger than he is. Um, but he is very much like business. Like just his face is busy. He just seems to know what he's doing. He carries himself with somebody who is very like forward, but very proud of whatever it is doing. Um, and he walks like directly beside Skyrin as they both come through the door, flanked by several other guards. And uh, uh, Skyrin kind of says, I have spent a few hours with these people, and I can assure you they harbor no darkness from the true horrors of the Underdark. And uh, the commander nods and he says, and were you able to find anything? And he turns to the goblin as he says this, and the goblin says, and he like slams his spear onto the ground and says, no, sir. We were not able to find any rumor or record of these people, nor were we able to find anyone on Vermos that was able to tell us anything about them. They seem to be unknowns. Well, someone's been busy. We did not say this out loud. This is a mental message. Mm. Okay. Um... Give me a sleight of hand check. Both? No, just her. Okay. She's casting the spells. Yeah, eight. Eight. Um, you do notice that they notice you casting those mental messages. Oh, shit. Okay. And, uh, so, because even if you're a little on the sly side with it, you know, but it still requires verbal and semantic mm. components, so they do clock you using magic and you do see they do kind of focus on you pretty hard for that especially some of the the guards that are standing around that's gonna blink what and uh he the commander stands up and he walks around the desk and he says and he walks over to valkaria and he says if you were looking for aid you will not find it in vermos however and he gives you that like once over again and you're still not sure why but he says you may find aid in Jorhas I cannot promise you anything and I will not promise you anything but if you are looking for support you may be able to find it there that will bow our head and be like thank you commander thank you for and Jazara will turn and, well, she, and look at him too she's not done she's gonna go Thank you for taking the time to hear us, our story, and our plea. What are you I'm suspicious you know, of me? <laughs> I, was like, I was like waiting for her to like say something shifty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was too, to be fair. I was like, mm, is that sentence over? Please let it be over. Jazara's going to turn and look at him, and she says, according to the map, Ross is some type of empire or I guess more accurately a dynasty and it appears to be quite spacious is there anywhere particular you would like us to go and he kind of turns and he looks back at Jazara and then he looks at Valkaria again 
for just a moment. And then he looks back at Jazara before like turning away from Valkaria. And, uh, and he says, you can make your plea to the bright queen in Rosana. You will find no other who is capable of giving you the aid you seek than her. She will command our forces and we go where she tells us. We are here on this fort in her orders. Now, while normally you could make your way to Jorhans and to Rosanna specifically on one of these ships as we do change them out every so often. Unfortunately, there is currently a war happening up in the north that's blocking a lot of the routes for the ships. Uthadurn and the Ice Giants are at war with one another, so what used to be a three-month change out of our ships with new and fresher recruits is turned into something far longer. If you're looking for aid anytime soon, your best bet is to go over land. You will not find help from my people, as I am neither inclined to do it, nor would I risk their lives without the authority of the Bright Queen behind such an order. But you can seek her aid directly. And he kind of looks at Valkaria this time and he says, I cannot guarantee your plea will be answered in any capacity, but you may find favor if you are very lucky. Val's very confused. As to why this man keeps looking her up and down. <laughs> He's Be like, diplomatic if you ask. Well, she's not gonna ask, but just... Did she ask? Right, she's gonna ask a question, though. Okay. Commander. Hmm. Would... Would it be possible to... Perhaps find lodging... Either here or nearby overnight so we can recoup, gather what supplies we need, and head on over on the next leg of this journey. And he kind of stares at you for a moment, and then he looks at uh, the goblin who had come in behind you guys, and then to uh, Skyrim, and they kind of share a look for a moment before he nods, and he says, one day, and then you will leave. That's all we need. And uh, he gestures at the goblin uh, who's standing behind you. He says, this is Ahan Mirim, uh, and he is my second in command. He will be able to escort you where you can stay for the day. Do not wander without escort. There will be guards placed at your door. Okay. And, uh, like, the goblin kind of, like, slams his staff a couple of times on the floor and he says, you will follow me now. Following the goblin now. Let's go. And as you guys like start to like walk like out towards the door to follow him, is there anything else you wanted to do or say? Yeah, it's like, um, one request. He turns and he looks at you. While my captain of the guard and I uh, gather the supplies we need, would it be okay if my cleric spent time with your cleric. And he stares at you all for like a long moment before he looks at Skyrin. And Asha in particular and, is like <laughs> And Skyrin, she she kind of like she kind of smiles a bit and she says well, there's always use for more clerics and you know we could use them. And uh, and she just kind of like, she just kind of maintains that smile as she looks at him. She's a lot older than he is. And, like, she just kind of, like, gives him, like, this look of just, like, 
the like the grandmother <laughs> smile of like something you don't. And he just kind of like takes a moment, but he gives a slow nod. Mm. So do as you will, only under supervision. And mm. uh, as you guys start to like turn out of the room and you pass like uh, uh, Skyrim and everything, Jazara like stops and she says, "You learned why we were here. Who are you?" And he, he pauses and he turns and he looks at her. And, like, everyone turns to look at her because, like, there's a little bit of an audacity to that. <laughs> They're just, like, asking who the hell you are. And, uh... It's, it's her job. And he, and he turns and, he, like, he looks at, at her. And, uh, I promise you I will text this to you. <laughs> he says, I am commander of the Fort of Vermas. My name is... Fa Anmir Daviana. It's Italian. <laughs> not in the way it's spelled when you see it. It's not. <laughs> Trust me. Kind of like so. it could have gone Russian. Mm. <laughs> to be fair, there was a little bit of Russian inspiration in that. And he gestures at the uh, goblin in front of you. This is my second in command, Ahan Miram. And he and the goblin slams his a staff like on the ground, and he says, "Avdin Miram," and he's just like. And he says, and then my third in command, though I believe you've met her, Skyrin Everbright. And oh. she just kind of gives you like all a sweet smile. <laughs> and you are dismissed. <laughs> now he's asking for your names. Oh, <laughs> dismissed would have worked too. <laughs> um, I am Asha Kel, cleric of the Moonweaver of the Nameless City. And he nods at you. And he looks at Valkaria. Valkaria Nykor, heiress of the Dragonite Syndicate, ruling council of the name of the city. And he kind of gives you a, a a long look at that before he nods slowly. And he looks at Jazara. And she just kind of smiles, slight, very slightly. And then she turns and walks away. <laughs> Sounds about right. And you can just feel the seething rage that's coming off of this captain that you had met before. <laughs> As like Zara just turns and like walks away and she looks at the goblin and she says, leave the way. But how does the commander take it? And uh, like, you don't hear anything from the commander, but he does like the goblin, like looks past all of you and just kind of like makes, seems to make eye contact with the commander and then just turns on and like marches you guys out and make me a perception check as you leave. Two. 16. 16. Asha, as you guys are leaving and you, the pure audacity of Jazara, um, you hear the commander say, well, they're certainly as interesting as you said they were. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) And you guys are led down uh, through the ship. And as you start to like you come back out onto the deck, you start to see like a lot more people are out and about. Like the sun has uh, fully set at this point. And, uh, but this place just really just seems like it's just now coming alive. You see people milling about and like a lot of people are like going from one side to the other for purpose. You see people, a lot of people crossing from one ship to the other. And you are uh, eventually led into the, back to the first ship that you were on and uh, down about two floors below where you had been with Skyrim. And uh, 
you're led into this fairly small but still bigger than your room in the Rimaraz uh, room and you are told and the uh, goblin in front of you says you may rest here now thank you if you wish and he looks at Asha to visit with Cleric Skyrim you may ask one of the guards to escort you you will go there and you will go back and you will go nowhere else without escort okay thank you and he slams his staff down twice and he turns and he walks away Val's gonna look at Jess and be like None of that shit either. For sure. <laughs> Definitely none of that. I don't need an extra headache whatever, of the banging. Whatever that was. It's just another here's just another new. view of the ships. Alright. Um so you guys have been led into this room to bit left to your own devices. You do see two guards take up station on either side of your room. Um and for now you are in this space. It has two beds in it, one on each side of the wall. Um, there is a, a door just to the side inside and you open it and you just see like a, um, like a small bathing chamber and stuff like that that's in there. They seem to have given you like, okay, rooms. It's like, it's not comfort by any imagination, but it is bare minimum. And Asha's just sitting there like, I do love a book with the only one bed trope, <laughs> but this, this is too much. <laughs> There's Why two beds. Ever... There's two beds. There's, two... There's three, There's three of, of us. us. Uh, Val is going to beeline for the bathroom and take a nice bath. And then when she's done with her bath, after she gives everyone a lovely uh, concert from the bathroom. <laughs> the, um, the tub is like this large basin, basically. Perfect. And it has uh, a rune on it to turn like water on. And the water never really gets above lukewarm. Uh, basically, but you can fill it, and to, there's another rune at the bottom that lets the water just disappear when you're done. So, can Val make the water hotter? Um, magic? How would you like to do that? I don't know. Well, how can I? Well, you just kind of want to like touch the water and just be like, I want it hot. <laughs> well, like, radiates heat into the water. I don't know. You... I think she breathes fire, but she can't do that. Because you're a tiefling, not a dragon, my dear. I know. <laughs> to her eternal disappointment. And to be fair, you've always talked about how cold Valkaria is, too. Mm-hmm. Um, she could hold multitudes. One of the things prestidigitation can do is you can chill, warm, or flavor up to one cubic foot of non-living material for an hour so you can warm your bath. You'll have to cast it a couple of times because of how much water is in the basin, but with prestidigitation you can warm up your water. Done. Val's gonna warm up her water, have some singing, you'll hear honking because I'm sure Goosentail is gonna join her in the in the tub. He he she... dips himself above and below the water a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and he just kind of like shakes the water everywhere. And the, between the two of you, a mess is made. Yes, a mess is made. Uh, singing and honking has been done, and Val is going to come out, dry off. Well, dry off, come out, and sit on the bed, and do her meditation. Okay. Um, while Valkaria is in the bath, is there anything specific that Asha, uh, Asha would like to do? Um, Other than clock Val on the ears. That too. <laughs> um, she's gonna get Myth, wake Myth up mm-hmm. to tell her about her day. Tell him about her day. 
and uh, kind of hype him up because she wants him to go with her to uh, Skyron's um, hut, I guess you could say. Um, infirmary. Her little hospital wing. Infirmary, yeah. thank you. Uh, you summon Myth, and he kind of like stretches. He says, Well, at least we're not outside. Are we in jail? Actually, no. We oh, are under guard, but we are not in jail. And he kind of like tilts his head and is like, Are you What's free the difference? to leave if you wanted to? Only with a guard. That doesn't so quite sound like free to me, but well, you're not in chains, and I'm always thankful when I come here, and you're not in chains, my dear. <laughs> and then he leans really close to you and is like, mostly that one. And he kind of gestures at the bath. At this point, Valkaria is still in the bath, and like he gestures at the bathroom door where Valkaria is, a voice came from. And Asha nods knowingly. Mm-hmm. And so she starts to tell him about Skyrim and how she has different magic and it's that it's pure light and she's telling him but she's also kind of brushing her hair out because she is definitely planning on taking a bath as well yeah she's brushing her hair out because yeah travel and myth gets very interested in your description of this magic he says it's holy magic but not a holy presence that's how she like- described <laughs> That's how the entity that is your dungeon master described it to me. As Anja was feeling it. Uh, and he says, that is interesting. I haven't heard of that in quite some time. When you Can you go, define some time? Oh, it's been a few centuries, I suppose. And because Asha does tend to think of him as a cat, Mm-hmm. This is always stunning when he reminds her how old he really is. <laughs> that he is actually a fae creature of unknown origins, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. And, um, yeah, he kind of, he, he's got his head tilted very much to, like, one side, like, as he's thinking. And he sees tail, like, start to swish back and forth. And he says, I wonder. And he I trails off for a moment. And he trails off for a moment, and he, and he says, "When you go to see this cleric, I would like to go with you. I'm very curious." And Asha, of course, agrees to take him. She just says that after her bath, she will do that. And so she kind of sets him down on the bed to let him do what he wants. Uh, to to review her notes from the afternoon. Okay. So um, she'll do that, and then she's gonna go pound on the door. There better be hot. All you hear is, I I know we're breaking the the, the world here, but I'm just gonna go. All you hear is her like Val singing and Goosings and Hawking too. Rub the bottle sitting in the tub all about a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ben, stop! Splish splash, I was taking a bath. No splish splash. <laughs> That will be a joy for Misty to hear. I know, right? Afterwards. I was busy listening to Sam scream the song of her people at almost 11 o'clock at night. Oh, there was more screaming of mm. somebody's people. Um, <laughs> yes. But I can't wait for her to hear that back now. Um, I'm very excited, so. Uh, okay. Now she's going to turn to Jazz and go, mm, make her 
Get out! Valkaria, you're going to prune. You're already purple, my dear. Do you really want to be a prune? And that's when Val, the, the door just swings open. It's like, I'm sorry, you rang? And she's brushed it, you know, drying off her hair. It's like, let poor Asha have her turn in the bath before she decides to finally crack and kill us all in the middle of the night, please. Oh yeah, by all means, the bath is yours. Just so you know, the water doesn't get hotter than lukewarm. As there's like steam all over the... Because uh-huh. <laughs> of her prestidigitation. Uh-huh. And Jazara, for the record, is laying on one of the beds. She has her feet propped up like on the rail of the bed so that her shoes are uh-huh. on the bed because she was raised with manners. Um... But she has her arms like crossed behind her head and she's just kind of laying there, not looking at any of you, just staring at the ceiling as she just listens to the chaos that's <laughs> happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Valkaria, please don't make Asha suffer. She will I'm kill not. us. I'm just telling you that the water doesn't get hotter than lukewarm. Now, could Asha also use a... <laughs> if like... Asha wants to, she has sacred flame and you could just continuously put it into the water until it heats up. Okay, she gonna do that? that? Is, yeah, because that is a cantrip. So, you just, like, shove your hand in the water and cast sacred flame until like the water heats mm-hmm. up. So, mm-hmm. she's gonna do that, and she's gonna, but she's gonna take a quick bath because uh, with no singing, um, <laughs> no singing, because can't do that while I'm, I'm singing. singing. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, honey, you need more gum. <laughs> You're wasting your job. <laughs> Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, Gloria. Um, so she, so she's gonna take a quick bath because she wants to get back to Skyrim and, um, take Myth with her. Okay. So she's gonna, she's gonna heat it up. She's not gonna waste too much time making it nice and steamy. Yeah. Uh, like someone. Um, so she's gonna do a quick and then, but she really wants to wash her hair. So she does that. So she kind of hurries through. Um, she does the fairy fire a little bit so that it's not lukewarm. Um, and then, uh, she hops out, rebraids her hair real quick, and then gets dressed in her cleaner kind of clothes. Um, better not, not her best. <clears throat> and she kind of scoops up Myth, and then she's gonna go to the door and speak to her guards, and she's like, uh, the commander said I could go to Skyrim's infirmary. Will Can someone take me over there, please? Or can we have someone? They both turn as soon as you open the door and they both look at you and mm-hmm. then they stare at you for a beat and uh, they uh, one of them looks at you and just nods sternly and uh, says, you will follow me. <laughs> Fun. Uh, yep. See you later, ladies. Bye. Jazara waves at you as you leave and you go down the hall um as just as uh, asha leaves and she's taken down or she's taken up a couple of floors to go see skyron um jazara like she gets up and she's going to like turn on the bath and she just doesn't try anything with the water she doesn't have spells for that <laughs> she doesn't ask either um by the way um valkaria prestidigitation you can clean your clothes with that if you want to. oh sweet yeah so you can clean your uh stuff up and everything like that she and clean uh, everyone's clothes Mm-hmm. And uh, Jazara is going to take a quick and efficient bath because the water is tepid and she doesn't really care to linger. Um, but as she like comes out, she has like a towel. She just takes all of her clothes and just throws it at Valkaria. Just <laughs> clean those up, will you? Do I get a please? I am the future leader. 
You must Shoot. learn to serve. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even here, Asha. Shush. That was Aaron. That was Aaron. <laughs> and uh, Jazara will turn and look at you, and she will give you a very deep bow and said, Oh, gracious and wonderful leader, please grace your servant with clean clothes. Ask and you shall receive. And Val's going to throw it right now the clean clothes back at Jazz. And they're going to smell slightly of like spearmint. Okay. Jazara. <laughs> I was like, a little afraid of what she was going to Yeah. I was wondering, like, her body just like, corpses um, of geese. Just like a um, hint of B.O. <laughs> just, yeah. She, like, it's like, you know, it's like that one time you sweat and you get like a little back here. Yeah. And you, if you move a certain way, you can smell it. But most of the time you're like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was expecting like. <laughs> There's just a hint of rotted corpse in the air, or like just something like a wet goose smell, or something like that. Yeah, a wet goose fart. That's what. There's a yeah. hint of wet, wet goose, goose fart. fart. I, I didn't know what she was gonna do, but uh, spearmint, spearmint yeah, works. I'll take that. That's nice. Uh, I mean, that's our, heaven I compared to add, what I thought. I can add a like no, a hint like, of rotten. It's canon that it's spearmint. So so sets your dungeon master. <laughs> You want me to add a hint of a absolutely rotted not. fish? No, Rawfish? no, no raw fish smell. Thank you. Um, which, by the way, like even though you've cast many prestidigitations, still does slightly linger on the inside of your bra. <laughs> that smell, just a little bit. That's fine. Um, I'm but uh, really sweaty afternoons. <laughs> Jazara gets. You can smell Val. Yeah, <laughs> things get a little hard. Uh, Jazara gets dressed quickly and uh, she'll go and she'll sit on one of the beds and she'll look at you and she says well it wasn't quite what I expected but at least we have a direction yeah, at least we're not in jail that's it remains to be seen depends on how readily they let us go I suppose he did commander did seem to want us out of here pretty quickly yeah, he seems quite suspicious of outsiders, though, to be fair, so are we. If anybody's going to know what that feels like, it would be us. I got a weird vibe from him. He kept staring at me a little too hard. What kind of vibe, exactly? And she leans close. She's very, like, excuse me? I don't know. He kept looking at me as if he's trying to read me. Whether it's my magic, my energy, my... Bloodline? I don't know. He seemed very interested every time he looked at me. These people are a bit on the strange side, but I don't like that. I don't like the fact that he was staring at you for whatever reasons, but... Yeah, me neither. We'll have to keep an eye on them. On all of them. I don't quite trust any of them. Skyron seems nice enough, but then again, we didn't realize she was his third in command, either. But hey, we, we're on her good side. And it looks like she's got some sway. She did seem to vouch for us, so, so I don't... it's a plus. She does seem to like Asha, and she did vouch for us, at least to some extent. I don't know exactly what it is they're looking at us for, or if they want anything from us, but whatever it is, at least they gave us a direction. And perhaps yeah. that's what makes me the most suspicious. <laughs> While I can understand that they won't help us, they hmm. seem to have some kind of detailed operation going on here. 
You did is realize it... that everyone here is a part of the military, right? Yeah, I noticed the uh, I noticed the symbols on everyone's outfits. Yeah, even those who seem not as militarized. They've all had training. You can tell in the way they walk. Even those out there who seem to be doing menial tasks. We're literally on the ships of an army. And if this is just what they send up here for exploration purposes, I'm very Imagine curious. Imagine what they'll have. Jorhas, and she pulls out the map, and she shows you this this map of um, of wild mounts and everything like that. Like Up here in this upper corner where it says Isocross, that's where we are. We're on this far island. Um, up one of the far islands up here to the northwestern side. Jorhas is all of this, where this red is, this whole area around here, following these mountains um, along the side. The Ashkeeper Peaks seem to divide the Dwindalian Empire and Jorhas itself. And Not how I thought that was. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> She says, now, according to the commander, like, we can't take a boat around and over, because I guess this this people that are in the mountains not too far from where we are, uh, the Uthidurnians, I guess, they're at war with the Frost Giants, and it sounds like they're at war with them in a way that's blocking any ocean routes. We'll have to ask if we want any more clarification but he seemed to say that it was causing quite the delay in them being able to get their own people in and out let alone us if we were going to go to Jorhas we'd have to go south and then to the east we'd have to cross the Ashkeeper Peaks at some point and there are a few places according to the map where the the mountains seem a little lower though if what Fenton and Irving had said to us before, and the tensions between Jorhas and the Dwindalian Empire are as fraught as they are, then we might be ha- have a few issues, as the map does mark garrisons along the way. I don't know how well the Dwindalian Empire will take people sneaking across the border into Jorhas, but it's probably our best bet to figure out how to go south and then over the mountains. We wouldn't be sneaking, though, would we? Depends. Travelers? If my only problem with it is, is the people here at Vermas look like us. If we go into the Dwindalian Empire, Fenton and Irvin mentioned to us that we would have mixed reactions when we if we traveled through the Dwindalian Empire because we look like we're from Jorhas. And if Jorhas and the Dwindalian Empire are at odds with each other, they're likely just to assume we're from Jorhas, no questions asked. We tell them we're from the Underdark, it's probably likely to get an even worse reaction. What if we dress like we're from the Dwindalian Empire? I think the problem is, you know, and she gestures at you and your horns, and then she gestures (laughs) at herself, who's also a shade of purple. And, uh... You just gestured to all of me. (laughs) You just gestured to all of me. Um, Yes, well. Even though Asha totally is not here, but... (laughs) Fair. Um, To be a little clear for you guys um, on here... There's Tomb of the Worm! And you have Vermos off to the side. This space here where the mountain uh, ends... um, Like, you see the Tomb of the Worm, and then if you look to the left, there's, like, 
where the mountain ends before it meets the next set of mountains. That's mm-hmm. where the Rimaraz is. Like, you guys stop okay. there. That's where the ship is. Um, and then if you go, you guys traveled down a little and around, and here's Selenia. So you guys traveled through all of this water, and then you came from Selenia, and then over here is where Pale Bank is. And you can assume somewhere south and a little to the east is where the entrance to the Nameless City is. And okay. so Jazara and these mountains here are all Uthadarn, like all of this large swath of mountains is mm-hmm. Uthadarn. Jazara uh, shows you the map and she said, if we get back to Pale Bank when we leave, if we wanted to get to Jorhas, we'd have to go south. We'd travel through what looks like a lot of tundra into a forest and then we could make our way slightly over to the east and hopefully cross the mountains at our earliest ability. I don't know what kind of welcome we'd get in Warhaus any more than we would get in uh, the Dwindalian Empire itself, but at least that's where we, you know, her best bet. This map from uh, Elro actually is quite helpful. There's a lot of mountains here in Jorhas, but if she points at the map, Rosana is on. And if that's where we need to go, then that's where we need to go. Now, question. Mm-hmm. You said, you know, it'd be hard for us, mm-hmm. you and me, to go through the Dwindalian Empire. What about Asha? Asha's very obviously a damn fear. Like, what, yeah. is, what do people in, in the Dwindalian Empire look like? Human. They're primarily Basic human. Human. But I have ears and I have... Oh, that's right. You have the, the ears of the thing. And her, com- like, Asha's complexion does have a slight, like, uh, like an ashy gray to it in- at the edges. It shows, like, a little bit of that undead idea that you okay. get from, like, vampires and stuff like that. Too pale. Ears- too pale. Yeah. Too, too pale. A little bit of, like, an unnatural paleness just in, like, just a vibe. Like, that just faintness. Her, uh, one of her parents is, like, a full vampire, and they have very, like, almost corpse-like compression, like, uh, complexion, where it's, okay. like, that gray of a, like, yeah, of a yeah, corpse yeah. and stuff like that. And Asha has very, like, faint traces of that gray, like, corpse ash color okay. to them, so. Well, I was wondering if we put makeup on her, and she pretends to be some kind of dignitary from a foreign world, from a foreign land, and we are her advisors. I'm gonna guess that Asha would move kind of weird, too. There'd be like I think they're just maintaining their uncanny valley kind of. Okay. Yeah, and like you you move a little faster than like the normal person would, but also at the same time, that she wouldn't almost, breathe really. Like and right? that, there's this yeah there's like this there is this like almost undead aura that kind of like follows you around. You can tell by being around Asha, especially if she hasn't fed for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, the stronger that vibe of like that unnatural undead feeling starts to come about. Um, so she must be pretty fucking freaky right now because <laughs> she's hungry. We haven't mentioned. <laughs> she has not. The last fed. time Asha fed was when she ripped into someone's throat. That's true. Really? That did state her for a little while. So, um, but uh, Jazara's gonna look at you and she says, "I'm just going to go off of what Fenton and Irving said, and that the Dwindalian Empire is mainly like high elves and humans, and I guess apparently some." regular dwarves, but I'm going to assume we're going to stand out no matter where we go. I'm just saying that as we go, we need to be careful. 
We'll try to avoid some of the major cities and like major like civilization ports and things like that until at least we get over into Jorhas. All right, fair enough. We can get behind that. Uh, first things first, we're gonna have to find a way back to Pale Bank. We have people to save. We'll have to get back to the Rimaraz, and then we'll have to journey back to Pale Bank, and from there, we'll make our way south. And on that note, let's ask these guards if they can let us shop. Shop, okay. Um, I will make one note here. Um, you can see where the word Isil Cross is on the map, and if you look yeah. directly above that, that's where you guys currently are. If you look uh-huh. on the map and you see that giant splotch of bright red, uh-huh. directly to the right of that, that's Rosanna. So okay. that's the distance you guys are traveling. Yeah, yeah. For the record. we have a long ways to go. Yeah, but I just wanted you guys to have like a clear picture of like where you're going and stuff like that. So. Oh, okay. But Jazara, she kind of looks at you and she's like, we have a game plan at the very least and I think we can figure out what to do from there. At least we have a goal, I think. And while all of that planning is happening, Asha, you are, you've walked, been led mostly down the um, corridors and up to uh, Skyrim's level and you enter back into the infirmary of Skyrim Everbright. And you see her kind of milling about. She's talking to a couple of patients here and there. And she sees you come in and she turns and she kind of gestures you to come in, come in. Mm -hmm. And I've got Myth is hitching a shoulder ride because he wants to um, meet Skyrim on his his feet, so to speak. On his feet. Not being held like a baby. Okay. He's he's sitting up on your shoulder. He's got kind of like his tail curled like into like the collar of your uh, of your outfit so that he doesn't like mm-hmm. fall too much um, and uh, she makes her way Some over dignity. and she kind of and she looks at you both and then she kind of turns to Myth and she says and who might this be? This is Myth he was very interested in meeting you and you see like Myth like sits up a little bit and then like he kind of like bows his head a little bit and he says an honor to meet somebody of such magical abilities. I've heard many things from my lovely Asha here. <laughs> and Asha preens just a tiny bit. Yeah, <laughs> not Asha preening under that. And she <laughs> she smiles a bit and she says, well, your friend here seems to be quite the gifted cleric. And uh, he preens a little bit too, because like, of course, his Asha is incredibly gifted. <laughs> <laughs> yes, his person. His person has it together. It's like his person that he chose to like spend his time with. Like, yes, she's amazing and he knows. <laughs> um, and uh, and he he kind of like he kind of like looks at her and you can tell like he's kind of like taking her measure a little bit and she turns and mm-hmm. she smiles at, uh, at you, Asha. And she says, would you like to learn a little more? Yes, I'd love it. And um, Myth wants to pick your brain a bit too, I think. And she says, of course, of course. And she gestures you guys over to, like, one of her workstations and things like that. And she begins, like, handing you things to, like... And she... Directing you on how to, like, grind up, like, this, like, leaves and, like, how to make powder out of certain things for various purposes. And as you guys start to get uh, going, she says, I do apologize for the bit of, um... Well, the teaming up on you that happened upstairs. But it is, unfortunately... A bit of a protocol. We can't just have mm. people we don't know wandering about, of course. I understand. I imagine you We're probably 
have a great deal of questions. I can answer what I can, if you'd like, but I can't promise I can answer everything. Hmm. Let me think. Hmm. Why have I never thought of any questions in my life? <laughs> Maybe Myth has some questions that could... He kind of like <laughs> slinks from one of your shoulders to the other to get a little closer to her. And he says, where does your magic come from? My Asha's abilities come directly from the Moonweaver herself, of course. But where do yours come from? And he looks at her very curiously. And she kind of smiles, but she doesn't look up at him. And she says... My powers, of course, come from the light. And he kind of like almost slinks a little bit as he's like looking at her a little closer. He's like, and your light would be? And she turns and she makes direct <laughs> eye contact with him. And they stare at each other. And you almost feel like something oddly tensiony and magical at the same time is happening between the two of them as they stare at each other almost like they're taking their magical measure of one another and <laughs> it's a very it's a very surprisingly tense moment and it surprises you of how intense it is and she says why it is the beacon of course and they stare at each other for a long moment and he says ah I figured as much. And he slowly slinks back onto your shoulder. <laughs> and he's very careful about it, and he continues to stare at her. Asha's gonna kind of give him the side eye. And, then and he does not look... make eye contact with you. He's still staring at her. No. I, yeah, I figure. I'm like, hmm. And so she's gonna look at Skyrim and be like, the beacon? <laughs> Question mark. She says, I suppose you wouldn't know, and quite unfortunately, of the beacon. I'm referring, of course, to the Luxon beacon, the light. It is what all of us in Jorhas worship. She says, the Luxon beacon has been around for quite some time. Our queen, the bright queen, she is our leader, and everyone in Jorhas, at least everyone I'm aware of, follows the light. The Bright Queen has been around for a very, very long time. She is one of the few who are a perfect soul. Hmm. And as such, she is one of the greatest conduits of the light that there is. She is able to communicate with the Luxon through various means, and it imparts its wisdom upon her. Our magic and our light grants us many abilities, though I suppose you'll find out a bit more if you do truly intend to journey to Jorhans. I believe that is uh, what we are planning to do, even though I don't know how we will do it. <laughs> It'll be quite a long journey, since you cannot go by sea, but... If anyone can do it, and she pats your hand, perhaps it is you. I appreciate that vote of confidence. Rosanna mm. is a grand city, and a beautiful city, though it is not without its complications. If you are going to go to Rosanna and seek an audience with the Bright Queen, do so with honesty. They will know if you are not. Let me write that down. <laughs> <clears throat> 
Are there any questions that you have for her that you'd like to ask, whether it's about Rosanna, Jorhas, her, her abilities or anything like that, or this Vermos mm -hmm. itself? So many questions. Could I, <laughs> now I know Val can reach out to us and we can talk back to her. Can mm -hmm. We can reach out to each other, right? No. No. It, okay. She has a spell called message that lets her do it within a certain Oh, way. okay. Okay. Um... Um, I will let you consult with Ani if you guys would like to come up with some questions together. What would Ani like to ask? <laughs> um, <laughs> the brain is tired. Ani has Gloria at the moment. She needs to share. I have Gloria, apparently. Give her back. Take her. Uh, That's not how it works. If only. Uh, See, have Asha... you ever been a question before in your life? No. No. Do you want to ask her if she's got any advice for us? Like, on our journey, what we should expect traveling through the Dwindalian Empire? Okay. Do you have any advice since we'll be crossing borders? Is there she... anything to be wary of? She does take a moment and she... She kind of nods slowly as you guys like start working through some more herbs and stuff like that. And she starts showing you some how to make a couple of different uh, like pastes for different injuries. And she mm -hmm. takes a long moment to consider what you're saying. And she says, you will travel and you will enter the borders of the Mongolian. Mm -hmm. Carefully, you won't have to go too far into it. But technically, anything very far south is within the Dundalian Empire. You do, while you are not from Jorhas, you do take that appearance. And uh, the relations between Jorhas and the Dwindalian Empire over the past several decades have been quite tense. I cannot tell you you will be received with any kind of kindness. And I cannot tell you that you will be received with any kind of ill favor either in the smaller areas that are not as heavily guarded or political. I would avoid major cities, as we do technically have peace with the Dwindalian Empire now. We were able to booker a peace treaty about a decade or so ago. But tensions do remain harsh, and travel from Jorhas into the Dwindalian Empire, or the reverse, are incredibly regulated. They will expect you to have some kind of documentation that proves that you can be here which obviously you do not. While being from Jorhas is not something I would recommend you advertise or anyone, I would recommend you advertise being from the Underdark even less. Okay. <laughs> I know your city has been in isolation for quite some time, but I would recommend learning about the world post-Calamity. Loth did not have a good reputation, and in the years after the Calamity, much was done against the inhabitants of the Underdark. They were radicals, fanatics, really, when it came to Lolth and her worship. And Jorhas had a great hand in purging those people from existence. And I must say, my dear, nobody was mad about it. I get that. I get that um, feeling. Um, everyone we've ever encountered up here wants to know if we are 
her subjects and always seem very relieved when we are not. Do you hmm. know much about the teachings of Loth? No. We are aware of her, but not. She was the first god slain during the Calamity. Many gods sided together specifically to go after her. She and her followers are zealots. They bathe in blood and pain and misery and suffering. And Jorhas has taken extreme measures to ensure that nothing about our people can relate to her or hers. Despite the fact that our origins are in the Underdark. You will find no greater crime in Jorhas than that of worshipping Loth or her practices, which include many types of blood magic, and above all of them, the enslavement of another, as she was well known to do. Mm -hmm. Whatever you do while you are there, when you speak with the Bright Queen, I would definitely lead with ensuring you are not related in any essence to mm -hmm. the original peoples of the Underdark. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds fun. You will have a very difficult time getting an audience with the Bright Queen. She does not simply take an audience. She does not... She's far too busy with many, many tasks that are given to her. You will have to find a way to ensure your favor with her and ensuring that you are able to be granted an audience. That is not something I have the power to give you, nor does anybody on this fort. That is something okay. you want to figure out on your own. But it will be very important that you speak directly with her. Okay. Hmm... Is there another land that would that we could claim instead of Jorhas or the Underdark as our origins? She ponders this for a long moment and she's quiet for quite some time. Like you finish making some of these like potions and, and powders and things like that as you go and you and this whole time like Myth is like laying across the back of your shoulders and still staring at this woman. Um, though he, he's not quite as tense, he does focus on her quite a bit. And it's probably a good, mm -hmm. quite a few minutes before she responds. And like, as you guys are wrapping some things up and you're about to make your way over to some patients. And she says, mm -hmm. I would not discount speaking of your city. Speak of it as it is, an isolated city. From what I can tell, and she looks it up and down at you and she says, a city of good people who are in plight. You cannot hide the fact that your city is in the Underdark, but you can say that the nameless city is not of the Underdark. Present your city as the isolated marvel that it is, and do just that. Marvel them with you, the way you have done with me. Hmm. Thank you, Skyrin. I will, and I'll share this with my friends. And, and she's gonna. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. She goes to lead you over to your first patient, and uh, you spend some time like working with uh, different patients as she teaches you some healing. Cool, cool. Is there anything else you'd like to ask her or talk to her about? Um, I guess I'd like to check in with Myth and see how 
since he has calmed down, but he's still very watchful. Okay. And maybe just be like, poke, poke. You cool okay. up there? You have anything you want to ask? You <laughs> you take a, a moment when she goes off to like grab some supplies and stuff like that after you've been working with a mm -hmm. patient and you kind of like standing off to the side where no one can particularly hear you. And uh, he kind of, he's still like watching around and at her and he kind of like takes the measure of the room and he says, her abilities are as she says they are. They are the light, the beacon, the Luxon beacon. Mm -hmm. Is an interesting ability, depending on who you talk to, how old it is. Some tell you it's an entity. Some tell you that it's a, a being. Some tell you it is simply just the light. Whatever it is, it is not of this existence. It is not of this plane, but I can't quite tell you that it is of another, the way I am. It has always been something other, deeply other. And for many, like your new friend, it grants great and powerful and wonderful gifts. But it is never, it has never set well with me. I've only come across one of these beacons. And make no mistake, there are physical corporations of these beacons. They are strange. In all of my years, I've never felt anything quite like them. They're sentient, but not. They're power, but not. I cannot describe it, but every time I've ever felt its power, I will say to you that while I don't har feel any harboring of ill will behind it, there is a will, though it's almost as if it feels nothing. The light is probably a very apt description of it, but it's not something I would put entirely my faith idea well that sends shivers up your spine um asha kind of turns inward i guess and kind of like takes what myth is saying because she trusts him implicitly mm -hmm. and if he says there's something maybe not evil but off mm -hmm. she's gonna trust that so um as much as she's uh, enamored with Skyrim, she's also now a little a little sus. <laughs> okay. Not in not in a not in a let's leave right away kind of way, but more in a respectful distance. That's fair. Um, she comes back and you guys do some more work, and you do learn a lot. Like she teaches you about different ways to bandage wounds and like how to look for different types of uh, like infection and things like that, and kind of. Like, she shows you different, um, like, frostbite and things like that for a couple of her patients who've had it, and um, how to help recover from it, and then some of the, like, um, just the different medicines and things that she uses for different purposes and stuff like that. And you do spend quite a bit of time working with her um, on that. Uh, we will take that moment to spin back over to Valkaria and Jazara. Um, Valkaria, you wanted to go shopping? Stock up. We're going to need supplies. Okay. Um, you can go to the door and see if you can convince one of the guards to take you shopping, if you'd like. Alright, Val's gonna go to the door mm -hmm. and uh, she's gonna knock on it and then open it herself. Okay. So make them aware that, hey, I'm coming out. Uh, she's gonna stand in front of one. 
arms clasped behind her back and be like there is now only one in front of the door and when yeah. you open it he's so she's got the one staring at the door she's gonna swing the door wide open mm-hmm. hands clasped behind her back and be like i would like to go shopping please doesn't bat an eye doesn't like you know cower. shrink back or cower and just stares him dead in the, dead in the eyes mm-hmm. i would like to go shopping please Roll me a persuasion check, please. And this guard is just like the fuckery, fuck, fuck, fuckery. <laughs> like, who are you? He kind of stares at you for a moment, and that's all he does. He does okay. All right, she's gonna try a different question. Mm-hmm. Where can I go to stock up on supplies? I would like an escort. But yeah, do I roll again? Yep. Watching her, oh, 24. Not a nat 20. 24 to his four. So he looks at you and he says, supplies for what? Supplies for the destruction of mankind. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, Supplies for our travel back to Sylrenia, then back to Pale Bank, and then off to find your queen. Remain Obviously, here. We have I will be back. And he closes the door. <laughs> Please <he> hold. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> he marches off, and uh, it's a few minutes later, and uh, there is a soft knock at the door. And Val is still standing right by that door. Okay. And she you hasn't o- moved. You open the door, and standing on the other side is um, Calm, who has been released from the hospital wing. And uh, he kind of like scratches the back of his head a little bit, and he's like, Hello. Hi. You... Are you gonna take us shopping? Yeah, they <laughs> they said you wanted to go sh- shopping. Is that right? Yep. We're uh, gonna need supplies if we're gonna go on a massive journey. Fair enough. Um, we don't have a market per se, but there is a few places you could probably go that would be willing to sell you some things. Do you have a metalsmith? Uh, he says yes, but. They will not. Do you use... have a a weaver? Yes. The weaver, I can take That'll you to. Away. The metal smith, I cannot. They will not sell you weapons. Did I say about buying weapons? They were not going to allow you near a bunch of them. And it's what like, if I, I asked? It's like, what if I need to enhance a weapon I already have? In what capacity? <laughs> I need to sharpen a blade. No. You buy a whetstone? That we can see about doing. And he looks over at Jazara and he's kind of like, Are you going? And then she says, Might as well. <laughs> <laughs> How cute was that? <laughs> she, yes. like, she'll get up and she'll like follow uh, Valkaria out, and you guys make your way up to the uh, top deck, and he leads you to the third boat. Um, where there are a couple of stalls set up here and there, and uh, there aren't many. There's probably like five, and he kind of gestures and he's like, uh, whatever you need, I guess. It's like, I'm sorry for the vagueness, but we don't get visitors very often, let alone ones on a mission for an army to seek the Bright Queen. And, demand, going and demanding to... uh, shopping right. excursions. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Do Val's that. going to uh, cock her head over to call and be like, it was a big old smile. And be like, 
thank you. And we'll just like kind of sort of like trot away into like the huts. And him and uh, like the guard and Jazara all like follow after you. <laughs> and you approach- didn't think you were gonna go by yourself, did you? No, no. Um, also, do you have money? Because last I checked, yeah, I have- Asha had most of the money. I have what nineteen gold on me. Okay. I know I have it written down. I just keep forgetting where. Yeah, I have nineteen gold on me. Okay. I do have the bulk of it. Yeah, you have. You're, you're the treasurer. What are you looking for? Oh, we're gonna start with the weaver. See if we can find something to enhance my AC. Okay, I will let you. Um, now you would know that you would need something magical. To, yeah. You can't just wear armor. You would need to buy a magic item. Yeah. Um. So you go over to one of the like the stands and things like that. Um. And there's like this this um, kind of like middle aged uh, woman who looks like a full vampire, and she's standing at one of these uh, stalls, and she has like uh, many things of like cloth and and. Uh, there's a couple of like trinkets floating around here and there. She's got some clothes, cloaks, and things like that. She's the only one that you see here selling any kind of like cloth or clothing. Can I help you? Hi. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm hoping you you can. Um, looking. Full charm. charm is full on. I'm hoping to try and find a magical item that will help me on my journey. A magical in my item. That's yes. Or something that can be imbued with magic. It doesn't have to have magic in it right now. Well, magical item, I don't know if you're going to find here. Those aren't common by any stretch of the imagination. What kind of item are you looking for? (laughs) Something to help in battle. Well, you're definitely not going to find that with me. Exactly. Like, she kind of, like, looks you up and down. And she's just like, you want to buy some kind of magical battle Honestly, anything that will help me not get squished in battle. And how much money do you have to spend on this wondrous magical item you're referring to? Bowser's gonna blink and smile. As well, then I'm going to assume you have just oodles and oodles of gold to spend. And, but to be fair, it's not going to help you either way as she looks at her, like she gestures to her wares, I have no magical items to offer you. Now, if you're looking to spend that kind of hefty coin, uh, you're better off somewhere that's not a bunch of floating ships, my dear. Maybe just look for food. As I say. I will say that, like, you are familiar enough with magic and magical items to know that you're probably not going to find magical items just in any store. Um, oh, yeah. Especially, like, a magical, like, cloak of protection or something like that. And it will run you a shit ton of money. Val knows. Val is going shopping with a second purpose. Dual purpose. She wants to get a lay of, like, what's around there. Okay. See what people are willing to spill out their mouths. Okay. Maybe make some friends. Who knows? Give me <gasps> well a perception check. Jazara did two. Six. Six. Jazara got a two. Um, the woman just kind of leans against her, like 
her booth and just stares at you. Well, I'm not going to find anything here. Do you know where I can find food for travel? Food? And she kind of like looks around at the other booths and there's one like directly across from her and slightly to the side. She gestures over there and she's like, that's probably your best bet over there. You're looking for something to travel. I don't want to give any of my trinkets away. Okay, that was going to ask a question. Okay. uh, Thank you. Uh, I will head right on over. But before I leave, what would you say is a valuable item that you would love to come by, but have yet to come by? Well, any Aoran relic is always welcome. Aoran relic. I have books from Aor. I have... I'm not talking to her, I'm thinking. I have... How many things do we have? The, uh, the antidote? You have a chest full of them. I have a so chest full of them. It would say at least, like, 24. And I keep this chest in my pocket of space, right? Yes. Yeah. Alright. That was gonna put on her gloves. Okay. She's gonna go into that pocket, grab... A bottle of the of the frozen woe antidote. So you hear all this clinking, but you don't see anything. I will and say, gonna... the second you put on the gloves and you start to cast magic, multiple guards are on you instantly. That's fine. They're, like they're pointing spears directly at your face, and Calm is like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And that would be like, I'm just getting something to give. Jazara like the reaches for her bow, like as people, like there are, are people all over that are stopping and like starting to stare at you as they see this commotion starting to happen and uh Cesaro's like maybe put the gloves away as you are now surrounded by what is went from two to six to now probably about ten guards all starting to kind of converge on you Val's going to look at the merchant that she was just talking to and be like do you want to see what's in here? And you see the merchant, like, put her, like, kind of, like, reaches up, like, her hand that she'd had where you couldn't see it, holding a sword. And she says, for your sake, probably not. Okay, I was just going to give you something special, but all right. That puts the gloves back. Unknown magics is probably not the best thing to do with a bunch of people you don't know, dear. Especially one as suspicious as our people. Let me ask you a question. Have, and have any of your people or anybody here died of being turned to ice? You mean like walking into the tundra and freezing to death? Yes. No, no. I mean they turned into ice and there's no stopping it. The, uh, like the merchant just kind of looks at you and is like, do I look like a healer to you? Yeah, you don't have to be so snarky about it. I will when people are performing strange magics in front of me that I don't know what they do. We came across some people across the across the, the sea that were being ravaged by this frozen woe. Just turns their body into ice. So we came all the way here to try and find some of something to help stop it. Well, up until you got to the part where you were saying they were turned into ice, it sounded kind of like you were describing some kind of weird kinky book. (laughs) 
didn't think that's where this was going, but okay. Anywho, yeah, we found something. We found the antidote, and we are on our way back to help said people. And I figured, as a gesture of well-being, I give you some in case that same sickness makes it out to here. But in that case, I'll be on my merry way to get food. It would be Toodles. Careful. She calls after you as like you start to try and walk away, which is difficult with all the people standing around you. She says, oh, yeah. be careful how you say that and who you say it to. You'll be taken as a threat if you're not careful. It's... Okay. Val's not going to lose her temper. She's just going to breathe. Jazara is standing right next to you at this point. And she's just like, she has one hand like on her bow. And, but the other one is just kind of like, I think everybody needs to calm down. Val's going to give her one look and be like, hand off the bow. Before somebody gets shot or stabbed, why don't we all just take a minute and go finish our shopping? She kind of looks at Calm and he's standing there very worried and he's just like, everyone can go back to your business. He's like, I, I, and he kind of like pulls some like authority to him and he says, I've got this, go. Val's gonna look back at the merchant, just not even like giving her, like, she's not gonna give a snarky smile. She's just gonna look at her and be like, people can take what I say at face value or add to what, or add to it what they believe. I speak nothing but the truth and moves along. And she watches you as you go and like you go to like move towards one of the other merchants and Jazara's like a step or so behind you and calm like as you guys walk away it's just like kind of like gesturing at everybody like just, just go go back to your business just, just, just leave. and he shares like a nod with like the, the merchant that you were just at and uh, as you walk like to this other merchant Jazara goes oh these people are testy that's an understatement so do I be nice to them? Do I not be nice to them? What do they want me to do? I think nice. <gasps> yes, but they're incredibly suspicious of us. So no sudden movements, no magic, and maybe just spending as little time with them as possible. Jazara, I am nothing but magic. What am I supposed to do? She does pause at that. And she's like, that's, you're not wrong. But let's just try to keep that to ourselves. And Sir Ducing Ten is like in your hood and like he has been ducking down. He is pure magic. And like he is just gonna <laughs> duck down and he's just you hear a faint <laughs> of agreement like with Jazara and uh, let's, just, <laughs> let's just get some supplies and get back to the room. Oh, she's gonna be back soon. She's gonna freak out and think we've been kidnapped. Fine. 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 So you go to the like the next I do everything my mother tells me to do and then it bites me in the face. Did your mother tell you to, like, approach strange people with magic and vague threats of an illness they've never heard of? I didn't make threats. I just said what we were in the middle of. And you know, you know that if this was home, anything related to healing would be taken seriously. True, but people in the Nameless City know who you are. Let's get you a snack. Mm. You go to the next booth, and, like, he's got... Like, varieties of, like, fruits and stuff like that, and, like, some vegetables and things. But he also has a large um, plate of what looks like actually cooked food. He has real, genuine food. And, uh, which, and it smells really good. Like, as you walk up to it, and you're 
you just start to get like the whiff of this of various different smells and like of cooked meats and cooked like fish and things like that and it it does it smells very good whatever this is it smells really good val's tail is swishing so hard it's hitting jazz she's like that's definitely a sign that val's extremely hungry very very excited and um, very excited starts making a beeline for the food like she's about to attack the cook okay um and i'm really hoping that jazz is just gonna hold her back uh jazz doesn't really let you like hold you back at all like you kind of like walk up to this um to this stand and everything like that and you can like really just smell some really really hearty what smells like soup and there's this large pot that's sitting like on some kind of like heating rooms and uh in front of the this stall and uh, it looks like there's this really like creamy like soup um it almost looks like a um like almost like a chowder instead and you can smell um like chicken coming from it and like this garlic smell to it as well and you look into it and in this this older man is like stirring it with like this huge wooden spoon and um he greets you as you as you come near hello may i help you what is that ah uh this here well we call it the queen's kitchen it's got a little bit of everything what is in it well it's got how a much bit... is it <laughs> it's like you just like interrupt him as he <laughs> explained to you like, well, it is uh, roasted chicken with black garlic, some plums and purple potatoes, and of course some ormu in there as well. And uh, it's a bit of a specialty back where I'm from in Rosanna, of course. And uh, You just see like a dribble of like drool coming out her mouth. Yeah. So ladylike. And uh, uh, he says if you would like some, it's a Four silver for a bowl. Five silver if you want it in a bread bowl. Mm-hmm. How much silver is one gold? Ten. So you could buy one. You could buy two in the bread bowls uh, for you, and like one for you, one for Jazara for a gold. Assuming you want to buy one for Jazara as well. You don't know. Val is going to give him three gold. Okay. She's gonna be like five bread bowls, please. Okay. Of, of course. And he kind of like looks around at like whoever he's like looking for these other people it's who are going to eat this. It's like, sure, of course. And like he dishes them up for you and you have just a ridiculous amount of bread bowls. Uh-huh. Uh, Val is going to give one to Jazz and then immediately scarf down the other one in her hand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so he and gives you like three. these these bread bowls like one at a time, and like Jazara like starts eating out of hers, and he gives you the you the first one, and you just like scarf that one down. And when you finish that one, like he goes to like hand you the second one, and uh, and he's like, "Do you want these in something to carry, my dear?" Between a mouthful, mm-hmm. you just hear go, "Yeah, Flav." And uh, he pulls out like this basket, and he kind of like puts a cloth in it, and he puts like these other bread bowls in it. And uh, it's about like as he's doing that, Jazara kind of like looks over at the rest of like his booth and everything, and um, she kind of gestures to him between her own mouthfuls, and she says, um, "Can we get a few? Well, some of the variety, because she doesn't know what the name of any of this fruit and vegetables <laughs> are." She's like, "We have a bit of a journey ahead of us. We could use a few days worth." Of food. We're going far away. 
<laughs> and like he nods he's like of course of course and as like he's starting to like any he, he and Jazar start going back and forth about like the kind of like what foods to get and stuff like that she kind of just like picks a little bit of everything from it and like not having any idea what any of it is but she thought you could just try it and uh, he like he's holding up like some kind of fruit and trying to explain to her what it is and he starts packing that into like a separate basket for you guys and as he's doing that he kind of moves to the side and Jazara sees that sitting there like on this smaller like white dish are these round um cakes and they they're like small and thin and um but they they're they almost look like they're fluffy like a roll would be but they are uh kind of like airy at the same time and uh, these are called honey cakes and uh, she gestures to him and she's like finishing up her bread bowl she's like what are those and he says ah this is a specialty of the a bit of, a little bit south of where we are now but they're called honeyed cakes small round rolls with like sweet cake in the center it's like and uh well you could get all audible gulp we'll take the lot and there's probably about like uh, a dozen of them there and, and he says these ones uh, specifically are uh, spiced with a bit of ormu in them as well, and uh, as as well as some plum paste. If they're a uh, specialty of Jorhas. Plum. 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 God, okay. Plum paste. I was very scared. <laughs> I was <laughs> yeah, I would be too. Plum, and plum. so like the the outside oh, is no, like- No, <laughs> These rolls, because they have like the plum and stuff in them and uh, they there's a little bit of a shine to it because they're drizzled with like honey um but they're like this kind of like this really nice deep purple color and he kind of loads them all up into the basket with your bread bowls and he hands it all to you and i will say you can mark off four gold and five silver but a lot and jazara will knock off a couple of gold for the rations so she'll mark off two gold for her uh, for the rations that she buys. She buys you guys a couple of days worth of rations, and uh, you uh, uh, have all of this food. Jazara kind of looks at you and she says, "We should probably go back in case uh, Asha's returned." Hey, come! And he's like, he's standing like from a couple now. of feet away, and he's like, he's like, absolutely. And uh, he's just like staring at all of the food, and he's just like, okay. Um, and he just kind of like <laughs> hesitatingly like starts leading you back to where you where you came from. And... Just so much food. Just so much food. And he leads you back to your your guys's room, um, and you uh, get there just as uh, Asha has already. Asha, you've probably just arrived at this point, and. Uh, mm -hmm. You and Myth are kind of like chit-chatting as, as you're uh, in the room. You do come into the room and it is empty, which is a little worrying, but you're not there for more than a minute or so before um, your <laughs> compatriots come through the door. With food. Copious mm -hmm. amounts of food. And it smells delicious. Val walks in. Just soup. <sighs> in a breath. Mm. And it is hey, goosey. delicious. Eh. Come on out, I got your food. And he wiggles really, really hard. He flaps his wings. And he pretty much falls out of your hood. And as he waddles up to you really fast. So, myth, goosey, enjoy. And Play uh, nice. 
uh, like, Myth will sit down next to Sir Goosington and he takes a couple of pieces of, like, chicken. Like, he extends his claws to kind of, like, pick it up a little bit and, like, he does eat a couple of pieces of chicken. Um, he is elegant. Yes, he, is. he is very elegant. And you, you see, like, he dabs his mouth at the end of his tail a little bit, too, as he eats his little pieces. And, uh, yeah, so you guys eat some very warm and delightful dinner. You have your sweet rolls, which are delicious. They're a little on the sticky side because of the honey, but they've got this, they're very Val, fluffy and uh, a deep plum Val flavor. scarves the fifth bowl because okay. she's very hungry. Okay. So you just hear, hum, nom, 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 gone. Yep. First she, says, first she sets it on fire. Okay. And then she eats it. It's very, very crispy. Yes. Just the way she likes it. Yep. And you guys enjoy some dinner. And, uh, uh, some really nice dessert to go with. So, and some rations that Jazara divides between you guys with the note that she has no idea what it is, but apparently it's edible. So, <laughs> Val's going to uh, flop into a happy food coma, okay. stare at her meditation circle mm-hmm. with this goofy grin on. Okay. This time I'm happy and probably fall asleep uh, mid meditation, staring at her crystals. Okay. <laughs> You go ahead and like you I just sh- like the idea of her flopping back. Mm-hmm. Yep, just kind of doing her meditation slowly. Lists and just. Is there anything else you guys would like to do for the evening before I call the session? Well, since uh, Val fell asleep in her meditation circle, Asha and Myth are gonna crawl into one of the two beds. <laughs> and um, where is? Out. Valkaria's meditation circle. Is it on the, one of the other beds? I kind of pictured her setting up and just sprawling out everything over one of the beds. I kind of imagined it on the floor, but... <laughs> Is there a fireplace in the room? No. No. No, there's the bathroom and your guys' beds and a little bit of space. Set it you. up in the tub. <laughs> that would be funny. You can do uh, it on one of the beds, like, if you want to. Like, that's fine. I was thinking about it. Okay, yeah, we'll do it on the bed. Okay. I think that's fine. Chazara doesn't have any issues like sleeping on the floor. She kind of like stretches out and puts her like rests her head on her arms behind her head, and uh, eventually you guys, with very warm soup bellies and uh, a little bit of the sticky mm-hmm. fingers from dessert, uh, Sir Goosington is kind of like curled up uh, next to Asha. He's got like his little uh, beak tucked under a wing, and then Myth is also curled up next to Asha, and uh, you guys get some much needed safe. It's not a little strange rest. I love how Asha is keeper of pets. Mm-hmm. Asha is keeper of crazy, uh, strange creatures who may or may not be from this plane of existence. <laughs> that too. And that is for sure. We will end this session here. Yay! Yay! So, what did you guys think of Vermas? Clearly. Val is out of her depth here. <laughs> they didn't think much of us, that's for sure. <laughs> Just like, you know, they're extremely suspicious people and they don't know you. So, and right. they think it's really like, it's you're walking up to strangers and saying, hey, I need you to lend me an army of people who are willing to fight and die for me, even though you know nothing about me. Oh no, I, I think they have that very valid reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're clearly up at the tip of a an island and they're very isolated, so like strangers oh, excuse me. Strangers are 
few and far, far between, between and like and especially ones as weird as us yeah i don't see going over well i like so i get them but it's just kind of funny yeah especially her trying to just be like here's a gift you don't want my gift all right fine bye she is she is flailing her charm is not working and it's she's, probably a huge she only knows diplomacy from like yeah and like she's never been in a situation of where people don't know who she is and trying to be diplomatic in a place that people don't know her and like they like in the nameless city she could have done that no problem like she could have like pulled anything right. out of like the ether and not a single person in the city would have batted an eye but it's probably really strange they'd to be honored yeah like it's probably very strange to Val to encounter people who are immediately suspicious of her first and it's just like and then just like are very worried about what she is capable of or what she will do to them so that's a very interesting and new environment for uh valkaria who has to like start from scratch with everyone and she's never had to do that before because at the very it's least for in her the, yeah in the city like even if they haven't met her personally they know like when she introduced herself, they know herself. who the daughter of the syndicate is yeah so right like also, so you got to give her props for not being like, don't you know who I am? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Valkaria had not once has gone, like, don't you know who I am? So that's very, maybe, very she, maybe she is so far out of her depth that she realizes that no, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, no one knows who yeah. she is. But, you know, like you guys have done pretty well. Nobody tried to murder anybody else. So. I was expecting it to be a non-combat episode. I am glad it didn't go in that direction. So um, Val nearly started a war, and she's like, "I just want to give you something." Yeah, <laughs> got to got to encounter like some very suspicious people, but um, you know, I've got some interesting plans over the next couple of sessions. You're gonna come across some very interesting people. So maybe some will be more receptive to Val and maybe some will be less. So you don't know. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, any questions you guys have for me or final comments you may have before we wrap up for the evening? I'm sending you guys the names of people. Okay. But otherwise, oh, sheesh. Sorry. But otherwise I think that will cover it for me in terms of questions. Okay. You too? You good on questions? Yeah, I'm good on questions. There's a little line over that second A in the fort commander's name, by the way. Fa Anmir Dayaviana. Okay. And I think I gave you guys the, like, Alcindor and Calm and everybody. Did I give you those names already? I think Alcindor I have, but the other two, no. Alrighty. Well, we've finished up another uh, episode of The Nameless City, and uh, you guys survived your encounter with um, the Fort of Vermos and a very, very prickly set of people. So, prickly is an understatement. Mm -hmm. They're very, very suspicious people, which really just makes you wonder what Rosanna is going to be like. So, great. I'm actually kind of concerned about the Dwindalian Empire, since everyone is human and no one likes us. <laughs> They're very, very interesting people, that's for sure. And, like, it's not even me making that up. That's just the way they are in canon. They're just a bunch mm-hmm. of fucking 
assholes. Great. I have a feeling Val is going to end up turning into a... Not turning into, but definitely learning how to become an asshole right back. I mean, that's fair. You guys are going to encounter a lot of bullshit as you go. I'm going to send you also the... And this last one is the name of the city. Rosana. That's how you spell that. Every time I see it, I keep wanting to go Roshana. I'm like, no. Mm. Yeah, because the the H is not Mm -hmm. after the S. Rosana. All righty, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you in our next episode. (laughs) Woo! My bag of holding just gets... Sorry, my bag of devouring just is just just getting heavier and heavier. Looks cool, though. Oh, yeah. Tune in next week for more fuckery because we have some serious questions and concerns. Hey, y'all. It's time for that really fun part where I read some disclaimers. All of the music from the episode can be found from either tabletopaudio.com or was made in-house by me and can be found on either a serendipitous setting on YouTube or on our website, which is the sorry not sorry ge.wixsite.com forward slash TSN SGP. You can also find the link for our website on our link tree on Instagram. The sound effects are courtesy of both Podcastle and Pixabay. The homebrew elements for our campaign can be found uh, on our website for the most part, with the exception of the Wild Magic Table, which will be coming out soon. The Sorry Not Sorry Generation has no affiliation with Wizards of the Coast or Critical Role. We're just using their mechanics and the world, like all D&D campaigns do, to have fun. We have no affiliation with TabletopAudio.com or any of the sound effects websites that we use. We just use some of their wonderful creations to make the campaign a little more fun and a lot more chaotic. The Nameless City itself is an original piece of homebrew by the Sorry Not Sorry Generation, as well as all three of our party members, and Sir Goosington, of course. If you have any questions about our campaign or any of the homebrew elements, please feel free to reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, or through our website. Bye, guys.